Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you already know the 50-year mission is definitive oral history of Star Trek. And Secrets of the Force will tell you everything you want to know about the history of Star Wars. But what you probably don't know is Ed Gross and I have a new book coming out this July. They shouldn't have killed this dog. The complete uncensored ass-kicking oral history of John Wick, Gun Fu, and the new age of action. Coming from St. Martin's in hardcover, digital, and audio. You can order it today. Welcome back to the 430 Movie. We got our expert programmers here to curate Fantasy Theme Weeks of classic films. From 1998, film directed by Steven Soderbergh called Out of Sight. Yes! Soderbergh directs it with such a sort of confident, self-assured style. Lex Luthor in Superman. What is it about Gene Hackman that... uh... His performance, it's off the charts, but still in reality. Fiendishly gifted. 1981, Sam Raimi Opus, The Evil Dead. Oh, yes, fine choice. Sam Raimi invented entirely new ways to get shots that should not have been possible with the amount of money that he did not have. Charade. Oh, so Directed by Stanley Donnan. It's a textbook screenplay. It's just effortless, and there's not a wrong note in this movie. Can't say enough great things about it. We'll be back next Friday with an all-new episode of The 430 Movie, wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us now for The 430 Movie. The 430 Movie Podcast is available weekly wherever you listen to podcasts and on the free Electric Now app. Download it today. Hello and welcome to Best Movies Never Made, the podcast where we talk about interesting and infamous movies that never made it to or through production. Most of the time, the movies you're trying to make don't get made. Like, four of them may happen, one of them may happen, none of them may happen, and I'll be attached to three more things by end of summer. Turn the script into something resembling Unforgiven with Conan. Yeah. Suddenly the rights expired and the whole thing just like went away overnight. New episodes will be available every other Monday. We won't see you at the movies. Best Movies Never Made, as featured in Entertainment Weekly, is available wherever you listen to podcasts and on the free Electric Now app. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Dockerman, and we are the inglorious Trexperts. And oh, Darren, have we got a show. Not only oh, show, Mark. but guests galore. We, this is going to be a good one. You know what we're doing today? We're, we got an episode that's action-packed, Pee-wee. Action-packed. It's Desert Island Trex. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip. That started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. The mate was a mighty sailor and the skipper brave and sure. Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. We're, we're stranded on a planetoid somewhere out there in the universe with only our favorite Star Trek stuff for sustenance. No volleyballs. No, no Rolling Stone top hundred. We got, we but got, we do have, we do have a power supply that is apparently unending, endless, uh, endless and, uh, 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 visual, uh, visual equipment. And we got that super battery from Elon Musk, laser discs, lasers. We got lasers. So, look, I want to introduce you to everybody that we rounded up for this one. This is important. And I, first, I want to thank, um, 
my good friend Kevin Levy for suggesting this. It was his his idea to do a Desert Island Trex. I said, that's 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 extraordinary. That's extraordinary, yeah. <laughs> and, and and speaking of extraordinary, here's some extraordinary guests. Uh once again, uh the returning uh 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 honorary Trexpert, you know him as uh the writer of uh Thorn X-Men First Class. He's the showrunner on um Dota Dragon's Blood, which is dropping this month on the August Netflix, 11th. August 11th. And uh, he is none other than Ashley Edward Miller. Hello. Greetings. And returning from the observatory at an undisclosed location underneath a mountain somewhere, it is... Oh, yeah, we can't tell people. We we can't let them know his location because volcanic, he's wanted... Volcanic lair. So many people are out there trying to uh, to get to him. So uh, he's yeah, his volcan yeah, just like you only live twice. He lives in a hollowed out volcano. I do, and he has instead of a cat, he has a dog. So uh, uh, it's of course the Rob's observations of Robert Meyer Burnett. It's great to be back. Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me to do this. I like living on a desert island. <laughs> I bet you do. Or and a desert it's been, asteroid. It's been too long. Since our next guest graced the Trexperts, we're thrilled to have her back. You know her as a uh, producer and writer on such shows as Swamp Thing, Millennium, and uh, she's currently the consulting producer on Shining Veil on Stars. And if you haven't seen that, you should check that out. It's Kay Rindell. Hello. Glad to be here. I hope there's a hotel somewhere near this uh, island because I do not like camping. Yeah, I'm only staying on five-star <laughs> planetoids. Not okay. four. Not three. It's like glamping. I well, won't go camping. I have to go glamping. The, the island from Gilligan's Island, but after they built the resort. Oh, love it. After the Harlem Globetrotters show. After the Harlem Globetrotters Let's just there. say that the insectoid inhabitants that used to populate this planetoid uh, have carved out a really nifty underground resort hotel. So With a casino and an all-girl band. There's no beach underground <laughs> because it's one love, of the number love. one draws of the desert. There's island. no beach to walk on. <laughs> oh. I, I don't know. I mean, is it the Oviant planet? We, we, you know, is it? It uh, could be. Yes, it could be. Or is it, it Hanson? Be. He's becoming visual, and our our days are numbered. Look, oh, everyone's like days are numbered. No. Everyone's days are numbered. No, no, we're we're gonna be on it. It is. Good. I think Gilligan's Island. It's it's gonna be good. And there's a Klingon strand on the island who still thinks he's at war with the Federation. Little does he know that, that there's no longer that's no longer the case. We have he's to convince played, him. He's played by Vito Scotti. <laughs> oh my gosh. Or maybe it's just Fantasy Island. Maybe uh, Ricardo Montalbaum is there. Oh, great. Montalbaum? Montalbaum. Montalban. That's a different. Multipass. That's a different. That's like Warrior Island or something. Yeah. Jesco Van Puttermaker. Okay. So, <laughs> well, look, we, this is gonna be. A, a, there's a lot to go over here. A lot to unpack, as the kids say. So, um, we're we're gonna start. And again, this could be just so you know, episodes could be comic books. It could be books. It could be anything. A uh, Star Trek related or or Star Trek related ephemera. However, I want just so you think this is not a best of list. This is not like, oh, these are our favorite. Maybe they are. Maybe somebody's just going to take their favorite episodes. But it's stuff you want to have because you, you only have these 10 Star Trek things that you will ha have that for the rest of your life unless you're rescued, you right. know. And uh, so you, this is stuff that you want to have on this island because you may be stuck watching it for the next 40, 50 years, if we're lucky. So uh, so anyway. We have so, done that so far. 
So. so that's what we're that's what we're doing. So I want to start. I want to start with the guests because they're guests of the show, and uh, and and I guess let's let's start with uh, to welcome her back. Let's start with Kay. Kay, what's your first pick for a desert island trek? Okay, so uh, I kind of did half and half here, and I'm I've got like a bag of episodes, and I'm going to pull until I get ten. Um, but I chose some that I think are genuinely fantastic. And then I chose others. <laughs> um, so I think I'm going to start uh, with something genuinely fantastic. And that will be yesterday's Enterprise from mm. Star Trek Next Generation. Um, I think this is the best shot of any next generation episode. It looks absolutely stunning. Um, and I just love the alternate reality of it. Um, yeah, that's, I, I can watch that episode whenever it's on. Isn't it amazing what happens when you turn down the lights a little? It's like just a little bit darker. A little it's bit a darker. Little bit. And, and suddenly how it's dramatic and not a hotel. And lobby. suddenly it's like yeah. the W instead of the Hilton. You know, it's like and you don't see you do not see the purple mauve carpeting. It's just better. Yeah. Give everybody guns or weapons and turn the Little lights. Belts. It's true. We've gone from Howard Johnson's to Ian Schrager, and it's great. So I, I totally agree with you about that. Um, what a great, what a great pick, and what a great and, episode that we all love. And apparently, Tasha Yar has a comb. Yeah, is awesome. They have combs in the future. Yeah. But only yeah, that's terrific. That's reassuring. That's right. It's amazing how all she could do, Denise, complain about how awful how she had nothing to do that whole first season, which is true. I'm not criticizing her. It was just she had nothing to do. And 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 then she comes back and she gets this ph phenomenal episode. Yeah. Yeah. And they should have stopped right there. Yeah. They because the whole sailor thing. Oh my God. Sailor rules. Oh. Come on now. Oh, come it's, on. No, no, Rob. no. I so I have so many questions, not the least of which, because this always bothers me, is why is she blonde? Yeah. There's no reason Sila should be blonde. None mm, at all. Mm. It's insane. It's yeah. so dynasty to me. It's so soapy. It's, it's terrible. And I like Denise. I, I, I just like you could have come back and just mic dropped on yesterday's Enterprise. But instead, yeah. it's a law of diminishing uh -huh. returns. Every time she comes yeah. back, it's a little worse. Yeah, that's true. But uh, let's emphasize no, no, the positive. all good things. All good things. Good yeah, no, that off. doesn't count because she's playing yeah. Tasha Yar, and it's the multiple yeah. timelines. Oh, that's okay. it's like it's like yeah. uh, having um, Cranston and Aaron come back and do an episode of Better Call Saul. That's cool. Not to be right? spoiler or anything. Yeah. Look, anybody who doesn't know that they they, they shouldn't be listening oh, to the show. I, 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 I didn't I know actually, that. <laughs> I actually just started watching Better Call Saul. I am trying. I'm in season five now. Nice. I'm trying to. Well, I didn't give anything away about what happens. I'm just saying that they might drop by. Maybe. They might drop by. I, I heard Could be they want a cup of sugar. Might. Yeah. It's it's in the news. It's in the news. Like Batgirl. I think we. What have, about we that should, Batgirl? We should just say that Rosencrantz and Guildenstern come back. How's yeah. that? They this bad girl news is crazy. Can yeah, you believe this? Uh, um, yeah. How bad must it be that you're going to eat know, ninety million dollars? So can I just can I just say that we are dealing with uh, a studio that was just sold, basically, and there's a lot going on with. Whoa, wait a minute! I just came in to get a look at the books. What's going on? So uh, I don't believe I don't for a second that you take a ninety million dollar write down 
um, because it didn't begin on your regime and the movie is almost done. I I, I refuse to believe this. Don't forget, it's not it's not just Batgirl. Yeah, they 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 also the the, the Scooby Doo the forty million dollar Scooby Doo movie too. I wish Paramount did the same thing. I'm sure that movie is terrific. I wish Paramount (laughs) stopped releasing certain things and took the right off. Okay, so let's. That was yesterday's Enterprise. We're going to go now to Rob Burnett with his first pick. Always interesting, I'm sure. Uh, Rob, what's your first? uh, Which book is it going to be? No, no, no. I'm going to follow Kay's lead and also be incredibly self-serving at the same time. Ah, by taking my Next Generation complete series box set. You can't take the whole thing. Oh, no, no. Can't I? No, Why can't I take that? You can't take the box set. It's one item. And not only can I take it, it's also got all the documentaries Roger Lay and I made. Okay, I would allow you all the documentaries, but not all the episodes. Why not? You can take the the VAM. You could take the VAM, but you can't take all the episodes. No, it's too heavy for the luggage. You can't board the shuttle (laughs) with that much luggage. It's in my carry-on. When you arrive, you would realize that everything had been erased except for one goddamn thing. Okay, you know what? You're making this up as you go along. (laughs) That's 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 right. All right, fine. (laughs) I will will discard my complete box set, which is one item. Well, you're just going to have to pick card one. And I'm going to take... I'm going to (laughs) take... Judith and Garfield Reeves Stevens novel, Prime Directive. Prime Directive, good choice. You're a bastard because that was my first choice. Prime Directive. <laughs> yeah, well, since I, I couldn't bring my first choice, I'm taking yours. That's fine. Although that book is almost <laughs> as heavy as the box set. It's, good it's not that bad. No, I got the paperback, bro. Yeah. Oh, okay. Come on. You can even take the hardcover. I'll allow it. Okay. Okay, so there you go. Okay, yeah, that, that's more like it. I left my signed hardcover at home because I didn't want to be in a plane. <laughs> For this very reason. Right, Maroon. in case you went marooned. eternity, right. buried in the center of a dead planet. Buried alive. <laughs> buried alive. That's where we're all, that's where we should be stranded. On we're the Genesis planet. Alpha 5. This yeah. is the desert island. that. But they don't know that we're there, man. No one knows. No, because no hours could seem like days. And the show could seem like weeks. Okay, so Ashley Miller, no box sets, no Lieutenant no. Yar. What, what's your pick? Uh, You know, I'm going to follow Rob's lead a little bit here and I'm going to pack everything Star Trek I own into one box and just bring it because that's just one item. Take um, okay, box. so you're not going to allow that. So instead oh. what I'm going to do is um I am also going to bring a book because if we were going to be in an island, I can't think of anything I would rather do than sit on the beach and read. And the book mm. that I would bring with me is the first of the uh, the the pocket Star Trek novels that I actually love, right? Now the first one that I read was like the was Entropy Effect, which is mm. great. But the one that I would bring with me that I loved uh, was the 18th book in the series, uh, with a cover by Mother Effing Boris Vallejo, uh, written by Diane Duane, the coolest representation of the Romulans in the history of Star Trek. Uh, a little book called My Enemy my ally and it is fantastic and it gives the romulans their own name for the first time it does the The rihansu but there are no remans no remans there are no remans makes it even better none yeah that's a great pick they're not canonical Good, good book huh yeah, it's a great. By the way, are we allowed to share each other's stuff when we bring I, it? I think we shouldn't. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. none of you people. If, 
touch my stuff, I'll kill you. No, no, I think we could share. <laughs> I think we could share, but I think that um, nobody should repeat. Like if somebody right. says oh, no, an no, episode, no, that's what I mean. Can we should share? not repeat. Yeah, yeah. Lighten so up, you Francis. assume you can Lighten share. Up, assume we're all stranded on this planetoid, right? So is there, you know, so whatever we took with us, we can share, except for Rob, who apparently doesn't want to be a mensch. No, I'll share. <laughs> I was just quoting Stripes. It's not like you brought the autographed uh, copy. It's true. So, you know, you'll still have that at home when you get rescued. Yeah, so. if we ever get rescued. I thought we were here forever. Well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We don't know. That's, that's next week's episode. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so Ashley picked My Enemy, My Ally by Diane Duane. Um, and uh, big, big Romulan episode. Now, that brings us to uh, none other than Darren Document. And uh, yes, doesn't it? It does. Well, if we go by the book, like Mark Altman wants us to, we're only allowed to take one thing. So I'll That's only right. take one thing. The difference is it's all in my mind. And that is the entire 4K Star Trek, the motion picture director's edition. Nope. You can only take one. Yeah. That's only one. Oh, the, you're uh, just taking the director, well, not the special longer version, not I the theatrical. The special longer you're, version. No bloody A, B, C, no, D, no, no, or E. So you're taking <laughs> Star Trek, the motion picture but directors. But it's all in my mind, so there's no extra baggage. Mm. But then how can we share it? I'll, I'll act it out for you. And gain strength from the sharing. <laughs> Wait, are you bringing yeah. it or not? I'm confused. Yeah, I'm bringing it. Okay. In 4K. Right. Uh, do we have a, we do have a Blu-ray player. We have a 4K and, player. Region yeah. free. I'll give you that. Region, Region free Blu-ray player. 4K. 4K player from uh, Panasonic. It's beautiful. Uh, and, and a cheap uh, video screen. And solar panels somehow made it. The, and there, or we have a connection to the surface with solar panels Absolutely. somehow. Yeah. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Yep, that, that we do. See, it's not so bad. It's like the Swiss Family Robinson, only different. Yeah, it's like the Swiss Family Robinson, exactly. You mean it's like Lost in Space? Yeah. This yeah. would be the worst episode of Lost in Space since would the it? Great Vegetable oh, Revolution. Or the, best. or the best. It would be the best ones because all they're doing is watching Star Trek episodes. Mm. Yeah. And read it. Which is fundamental. Okay, that's a fine choice. So I guess that brings us to you. To, uh, to, you. to me. Well, 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 Mr. It be? Man, it's not going to be Airplane 2, the sequel. I'll tell Alt you that. Alt um, I, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go straight down the middle. You guys all, you know, binging and bopping and serpentining shell. I'm going to go straight down the, the middle. I'm going to bring City on the Edge of Forever because it's not only a great okay. episode. It's freaking I can watch it again and again. I love it. Never get tired of it. And uh and I believe that, uh, you know, sometime in the future, let me help will be. And, then, you know, we'll need all the help we can get to get off this planetoid. So I, I'm going to take <laughs> City on the Edge of Forever. But you know what? With all this wonderful Star Trek and all the lovely company we're going to have, who's going to want to leave? Well, yeah. Well, is there steak? Are there chicken nachos? Uh, if you is there Star Trek themed steak and chicken, chicken nachos? nachos? Yeah. Can we do that? Maybe it's, it's like, the restaurant enterprise. Maybe oh we should bring God. that. Okay, so we're back to K. K, your your second pick. We're going back to K. Um, now I think I will pick something terrible. Ooh. Yes. Cosmic uh, Whiz Kid uh, Buck Rogers terrible or 
or, or Ooh, like no no that's a different level oh, okay. that's a different level this is an episode of Star Trek that a writer actually took his name off of Ooh. Uh, because he just thought it was awful. And he's right. And uh, I find it hilarious. Hide and cue. Um, <laughs> and Maurice Hurley was all, I don't really want to be associated with this. So, yeah, it's it is incredibly goofy and i freaking love it strange animal things yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's a great pick because you know again you know we're we're not picking just the best episodes we're picking the most entertaining episodes and the great Mm -hmm. thing about star trek at least in the old days was even the worst episodes could be amazingly entertaining stuff like the royale stuff like hide and q you know, even though they're terrible, they're fun. I mean, we, you know, we said it before yeah. on this podcast, Fox Brain is immensely watchable. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I love that pick. I love it. That's the one where Q has a thing for Riker. He has a thing for yeah. Riker. Yeah. He does. It's yeah. amazing. And uh, Wes. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like the Dean and Community has for Joel McHale. He's just like really into <laughs> Riker. And he... <laughs> He, he, he really does fix it on Riker in a couple of strange ways. But it's funny, he's over him pretty quickly, though. Like, after yeah, that episode, well, he never hits on him again. He Then it's all about Picard. <laughs> and Cisco's you know just going to kick his ass. Here's the great thing. Here's the great thing about Q. Picard never he hit knows me. When somebody says no, he respects that. Yeah, you know? that's right. No means no with Q. No means no. Okay, yeah. buddy. Yeah. I thought yeah. you were hot, but... I'll show I'm up with a salsa band, a mariachi I'm band. I'm going after the we'll see what happens guy. then. I'm going after the ball guy. Red alert! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I, I, no, that's that's a great pick, and and you know that's a great example of when they were still following the um, TOS model and they were shooting on Planet Hell, right. and it just just was not well advised. Mm. And, yeah, they, they uh, and those creatures. On planet, but they never figured out how to light it. That's no, because yeah. they didn't have Jerry yeah. Furman. Yeah, and 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 the terrible. DP on the first two seasons of um of uh, of Next Generation was terrible. Oh my god! This yeah. is before Marvin Rush came in. Yeah. Any one of us could have lit that show. No, we got two seasons. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. So anyway, um, okay, so that's a great, great, great pick. Hide um, and you. Hide, hide and cue, hide and cue. Um, so, Rob, what's your next pick? Oh, uh, you know, uh, Kay's pick was so insightful and um, empowering to me that I'm I've changed my second pick. Ooh, and uh, uh, I, I'm I'm going to take her lead, and it's an episode that until I saw it in high definition when I was working on those documentaries, it's the seventh season, Don't next generation here. episode. Don't you it's, do it's, it? It's one of the most beautiful Star Trek episodes, especially Next Generation episodes, ever shot. It is absolutely gorgeous in four in a two K in high definition, and it features uh, just a an awe inspiring performance by a redhead. And <laughs> and and I'm telling you, and not only that, it it could very well be a reminder of everything that Star Trek shouldn't be. But because I'm stuck with you people, it reminds me of a place I would like to be. Riza? Sub Rosa. 
Oh, okay. We're going to need I'm a bigger on that boat. Planet. I want to imagine that I'm Duncan okay. Rieger, that I am the ghost I, that makes love to Beverly Crusher whenever I want. Couldn't you just be the candle? Remember the candle. No the candle. No. And I'm telling you, I yeah. could never, I could never watch that episode. I hated that episode. Hated it until we got the four the the 2K, the high definition version of it. It looks so different and so much better. The colors and everything. And it wasn't Marvin Rush who shot it. It was help me out, Mark, who came uh, on. Who came on? Yeah, you just said it's, we gotta put this on social media. It's a ghost. <laughs> It's it's a ghost yelling Beverly. <laughs> I'm telling you, if Kay can pick hide and cue, I can pick Sub Rosa, and because it's my fantasy of living with Beverly Crusher. I have to say that that at one point it was I think uh, this was years ago. It was rerunning, and Brandon Braga went on Twitter and and said, "I'm so sorry. Please forgive." No, he shouldn't forgive. <laughs> I know. Look, I, I, Rob, I was worried that you were going to say masks. So I'm fine with oh, Rosa. <laughs> oh, masks is oh god. No, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say masks. I mean, you know, for me with my uh love of redheads and that that's the that's perhaps the most erotic episode of a non-erotic TV show. You so. also get their amazing uh Deanna and Beverly's amazing workout. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Weird, <laughs> weird yoga. Yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, okay. I just can't Sometimes even. It gets cold at night. Jonathan West, that Jonathan West. Oh yeah, he was good. He was, uh, he was the DP on Deep Space Nine. Yep. And, he start, yeah. And you know, he he took over. He he worked uh, for was a Gain Rusher who shot Star Trek Two. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he learned under him, and that episode is gorgeous and stupid. But yeah. they've recreated Scotland here on this alien fight, which oh is what God. we're going to do on our planetoid. We're going to recreate Scotland. And, you know, you can't you can't I can't bring uh, basic instinct with me to this island. So I'm bringing Subros instead. That's There's fair. no Star Trek that's connection. Fair. If there was a Star Trek connection to basic instinct, you could. But Wayne Knight. Well, there Michael is. Douglas. Harry Goldsmith. Oh, no, that's true. <laughs> that's a stretch. Yeah. OK. OK. So, <laughs> Ashley, what about you? What's your next pick? Well, you know what I enjoy even more than than reading on the beach Mass. or just being on the beach and, and reading. I like uh, I like to drink. So I'm going to bring a bottle of uh, of Silver Screen Bottling Company's James T. Kirk Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Oh, Somebody okay. better bring some fucking glasses. You are That's now my saying. favorite person on the island. <laughs> no, don't, yeah. don't say that. I got books. I got booze. And <laughs> don't say I, that. It, as much as I love William Shatner and and whiskey, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Learn whiskey. to love it. No. But what if it's all we have? What it's if all it's, we have. So I was have. gonna bring the ten we'll forward vodka. We'll but make how could I do more? more? We'll make something else. We'll we'll, we'll use it as the basis of whatever we make. It'll be the basis of a new uh, a new civilization. What if we need fuel? Well, all that you're missing at oh. this point is the, the horgon. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I'm not going to touch that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Ashley's going to be sitting there waiting for Jamarone with his little uh, is his uh, whiskey, his sh- 
Captain Kirk whiskey. Okay, um, <laughs> so that brings us to uh, Mr. Docterman. Well, number two. I think that uh, when we're on this uh, desert planetoid, we're going to need communication. So what I'm going to bring is my set of Mego communicators from 1974. Damn. That was on my list too. The okay. uh, the giant. But we can only communicate with each other. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe somebody will pick up the signal. <laughs> What's wrong some with that? CB trucker, some trucker out in yeah. space. Okay. Yeah. Hey, breaker one nine, world, buddy. radio check. Come in, yeah. come in. Yeah. Kevin, this is Scott. Kevin, this is Scott. Come in. Yeah. Look, the, these things were the greatest toy ever. Uh, okay. Well, maybe not the greatest toy ever. They never really worked right. Uh, but one Christmas I got them and they were magical and uh, they're huge. They're dark blue and light blue. They don't look anything like the ones on TV but they're all we had. Yeah. And yeah. They, they ate up nine volt batteries like you wouldn't freaking believe. <laughs> that is true. Uh, and, and the siren that, uh, that blasted when you hit the uh, red and green button was really annoying. So, uh, but I'm going to have them and you're going to hear when I play with them on the Island that uh, it's going to be annoying. So you're going to want me to stop. <laughs> well, right. you know, Darren, that's a fine choice. And and to complement that, I will go with my choice, which is the from 1976, the Star Trek Command Communications Console. <laughs> oh. So this was the, nice. the console that communicates with the walkie-talkies. Sure. And if Darren gets too annoying, I can hit the red button. Sure, and, you can try. And hit red alert. Unless I hit the override. 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 <laughs> Where's the override? <laughs> Yeah, well, that communications console is great. And you know how I know it's great? Because it says Star Trek on it. That's right. That's how I know it's authentic Star Trek merchandise. That's good. it says Star Trek on it, you know it's it's real Star Trek. Mm. With a name like Star Trek, it's got to be good. Yeah, yeah. So I had that as a kid. Okay. And I will have it again on this island. That's good. And and it's good because maybe we will be able to hail a ship going by to rescue us. Maybe. Or resupply us with Battlestar Galactic resupply episodes. Us, resupply, yes. Resupply. We'll stay there. We just need to be resupplied. That's right. We'll send down uh, some Galactica and Space 1999. We'll right. see you in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This so is that, round three. Round three. Round three. And again, we're okay. back to K with round three. Okay. So I'm going to pick up on this toy thing that, that we have, this toy run. And I'm going to choose the Star Trek collectible card game. Oh. Ooh, that'll help pass the time. That's yeah. right. Yep. yep. Wow. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. I'm bringing all of it. Nice. Um, and it's all 1E. We're not doing 2E bullshit. It's all 1E. I'm bringing all of it. I'm bringing all the expansions. We're going to have a great time. Hey, that sounds, that sounds good. I've never played it. So this will be my first oh. time. First it's, and last time playing it. It's it's really That's easy. I'm totally going to get sucked in. Okay. It's really fun. Excellent. I'll, I'll see you there. Okay, so <laughs> Robert Meyer Burnett, what's your pick for uh, the third slot in your Desert Island Treks? Well, because entertainment's important, and we have Darren Docterman, who does many voices, and I want to suck up to the boss, I am going to bring the 50-year mission. <laughs> the first 25 years, the entire oral history of Star Trek by Mark Altman and Edward Gross, 
which has, of course, the entire oral history, the first 25 years of Star Trek. So Darren can read to us oh. around the campfires and do the voices. I don't do the marshmallows. Blood we'll marshmallows. Mar- and and I have to say that is uh, I was reading that book just the other day, and uh, you know usually I keep it in the bathroom because you can pick it up at any point in the book, any point, and yep. read. And uh, I feel that we're going to need entertainment, and uh, because it's people talking, that's all it is is dialogue. Yeah, sure. You know, Darren oh. can read it, and oh. Mark will oh, always look fondly wait. upon me for bringing his own work to the island. Yeah, uh, no, that's great. By the way, I would say it's it. That's a very entertaining book. Uh, not just to suck up to the boss. It's really good. We don't need the second half because we're going to remember classic Star Trek. I mean, the second half's good too. Look, I, I love that second it. book. It has all that great stuff about the beginning of Next Generation, which is uh, it's great. But I, you know what? It's not the original, and I need Darren to do the voices of all the Star Trek characters. Okay. Well, well that, what what I'm going to enjoy the most is is reading the foreword by Mark A. Alwyn. <laughs> <laughs> I think mean, you'll all enjoy that most. <laughs> Sounds great. That's great. And then you could do uh, the Seth MacFarlane's introduction. Sure. And. Sure. As we we watch Orville episodes, no, I'm not doing that one. <laughs> nope. I I still. Well, we've talked about this on the show. Okay, were you there that time where this years and years ago, where where our friend uh, brought um, when <laughs> Dan brought Seth MacFarlane to Lola's, and we were all total assholes. I can't remember. I can't remember. Oh, I hope I was. <laughs> it's such a shame. I really like the Orville. <laughs> But man, he, we, I don't know what it was. I guess because I know, I know what it was because another friend of ours had it out for him and convinced us that he was a horrible person. Oh my and God. so we were all jerks. Oh no. Yeah. 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 You remember I wasn't that. A jerk. I just didn't know who the hell he was. Yeah. Robert, you remember that. Remember that? I do. And look, you know what? I already was telling Darren Docterman today uh, how guilty I already feel about being mean to another luminary in the entertainment business. <laughs> so now I have to know I was mean to two people. I think you've been mean to more than that, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you want to hear something really funny? Person. I was asked today on a live chat if I knew who Kevin Williamson was. Oh my, oh my God. God. Not kidding, I guess I'm three for three today. <laughs> no, the, the, the thing that Rob is alluding to is uh, when we won the Saturn Award, for a free enterprise we went up to accept the award and rob you know rob was really excited he'd been involved with the academy for many many years and he 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 it's kind of like was, was it over on the germans bomb pearl Harbor? I, I did give an impassioned speech about originality in film right. and, and then he says cinema. we're not making crap like kevin williams <laughs> i didn't like, say kevin no, i just no, said no, no, i like, know what you did last like, summer i know what you did last summer and scream too, or whatever. And, 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 it was and like, not realizing and that there was, was Kevin sitting Williamson there handing me my Saturn award. Oh no! Yeah, he was. Oh. Yeah. Kevin Williamson was oh, the one who gave us the award. Oh my god! I sent him the biggest gift basket. The bump, 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 bump. I you know, it was like after and he that, was like, "Why did I come here to be insulted when I'm giving this award?" <laughs> after after it was over, I didn't realize what I'd done. You know, yeah, I, I know I, everyone I, else. Was of course, fine. you didn't. And, this and, wonderful and, moment, and you're and like, and what? and Mick Garris, Mick Garris, the, one of the nicest men in show business. Mick Garris comes over to me, and I knew Mick Garris. He says, uh, "Listen, Robert, I think that um, I think it'd be very nice if you uh, apologized to Mr. Williamson." And I'm like, "Apologize to Mr. Williamson for what?" And then I thought about it. I'm like, "Oh my god." <laughs> 
That was a classic Rob, Rob Steps moment. in it, episode yeah. 375. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, okay. So um, enough about Kevin Williamson. Um, if we're talking about people Rob insulted accidentally, we'll be here all night. So um, <laughs> the 50-year mission, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And um, I, I, I'll borrow it from you on occasion. Okay. Uh, that then brings us to Ashley Miller. Ashley, what's your third pick of the night? Look, um, Star Trek is nothing without cosplay and fans. And so I'm going to bring the greatest cosplaying fan of all time, a former guest on this very show, uh, the lovely and talented Hazel Honeysuckle. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to bring... Hazel You're Honeysuckle. You're goddamn I right. Guess I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so. What costume is she wearing? She can bring all of them. It's up to her. She has choice. <laughs> just, well, just bring her trunk. No, <laughs> Ashley, if you can do that, I'm bringing Robin Curtis. So, Oh, my God. Well, this is just well, getting, you can your pick next. You don't get to bring people. This isn't Star Trek Fantasy Hour. People. This is... Uh, that if we're can... bringing people, I got a list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, and if we're bringing people, I'm leaving Sub Rosa at home and I'm bringing Gates herself. Yeah. Oh, my right? God. <laughs> I don't think it, it, she, has to watch, she has to want to go with you, Rob. Hey, uh, well, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know if that was made clear in the rules. <laughs> it's people. Look, I'm an <laughs> it's Soylent Green. Why would you want to strand all these people on the planet with us? That is, they're, they're, you know, we don't even know if we're going to get rescued. Hey, man, if it worked for Chris Pratt and passengers, I can strand anybody with me. Come on. Oh, oh my oh God. My God, this, this is, is gone just wrong. not how I expected race. this episode um, to go. Yeah, hey, I didn't. So, it was him and Miss Honeysuckle. Yeah, that's true. You can't bring Hazel Honeysuckle. You can't well, bring without her out. saying yes, without her that's wanting right. to go. Right. She has okay. to accept the invitation. Wait that's a minute, right. we all have to agree on that, and she's gonna she's gonna tax our supplies. I mean, we only have so much mm, food. That's there. true. <laughs> yeah. Rob and Hazel's true. gonna be there. We're gonna give her your supplies. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> uh, I've got one thing to say to you. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> We're gonna give her your copy of Prime Directive. Bring the on moon. I'll take <laughs> just because you worked in the defense industry for a while doesn't mean I can't kick your ass. <laughs> oh my god! Come on now, what Fine. is going on with this episode? Okay, so you started we gonna... it on an island. Things Try go again. bad on islands. Try again. It's Survivor, baby. Fine. <laughs> yeah, it's the most dangerous season ever. It's Squid um, Game. It's Squid Game. Gonna bring it's Star Trek. Star Trek Squid Game. Yeah, I'm sure that's not far from existence. We'll do that at Comic Con next year. <laughs> it'll be an activation off off site <laughs> um okay so um i actually apparently people aren't thrilled with your pick um they're just uh, jealous they didn't think of it um so why don't you, uh, you try know what? again so, so i'm all... gonna need to drink my my whiskey out of something so i'm gonna bring uh my uh my uss enterprise uh glassware set okay Okay. okay. I've got a decanter. <laughs> I've got like the glasses. I got everything, man. I'm, look, okay. I'm I'm going for the long haul. I figure you guys are going to be bringing like the videos, all that. I mean, stuff. I was hoping there'd be some actual Star Trek on this island, but well, uh, there is. We'll get there. There's a theme happening. We'll get there, Bob. We'll yeah. get there. <laughs> <laughs> Can I bring the Godfather? Because we got you know, seven rounds to go. 
Well, in I'll tell you what's we really let Rob bring the entire set of uh, of uh, of Blu-rays. Honestly, well, you know, yeah. in Godfather <laughs> Two, who can Mariana act- Hill was in Dagger of the Mind, and she's in Godfather Two. Uh, she's Fredo's wife. Maybe we can bring Mariana Hill. I well, mean, Mark, Godfather what's, re- too. what's really interesting is even though we're stranded on this asteroid. Al Ruddy will make sure we have the Godfather. He'll take care of it. Perform Al Ruddy's on it. On. Al Ruddy will make sure it happens. I said Godfather, not Megaforce. Come on. Rob, show him the shirt. Show him the oh, shirt. You know what? It didn't come. Oh, damn it. What didn't? You got a Megaforce shirt? No, I, no. I got produced by an Albert S. Ruddy shirt. No, no, you did. <laughs> Darren made it. I, I, It's on obscurities right now. No, oh, I got wait. I'm making a note to order that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I got my package. Only I ordered um, six. These are only five. Oh, the shirts. Actually, I'm getting I one, seven. I'm getting one for me and one for my son. These are all Darren Doctorman produced T-shirts, and I got them all. By the way, in less than a week. Thank Fantastic. Okay, so look, we got a little off track there, but um, I wanna, we have the glasses. Oh, yeah, track. We got now. We got the glasses. They're not the Burger King glasses. Uh, so, uh, Darren, what's your pick in this third round? Well, it just so happens that I have an unopened game here. The Star Trek Seen It DVD game. Wow. <laughs> nice. But yeah. since we have a DVD player, uh, we we should have at least an hour of fun with this. That's right. <laughs> well, we have seen we- it. That's so, true, and we we can all sort of flail, wondering what the uh, hell is going on with the. That's actually a great pick. I, I got to give him credit. That's a great pick. <laughs> the great thing that is, is great. it's it's a classic, and it's never been opened, so it's worth at least sixty bucks on eBay. On Planetoid <laughs> eBay. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. That's a great pick, and that'll keep that'll pass that'll pass minutes, if not hours. Yeah, so yeah that's, absolutely. That's, that's, hours that's will seem like days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to, you know, I, I could say, say Star Trek Monopoly, but I'm not going to do that because that would just be stealing your idea. Not as good. So, um, uh, you know, I feel like we're not, we don't have enough episodes, but, yeah. uh, but, right. but I, I, I really want to pick something and it's not an episode. So I'm going to do it. All right. I'm going to pick the Marvel super special, Star, uh, Star Trek the motion picture adaptation. It's one oh, of my favorite. Yeah. I love that super special. I love the art. It's it it it, it, it I really enjoy the movie that watch you know, it was a toss-up between that and the photo novel because Star Trek the right. Motion Picture really was one of the last great photo novels because by the time you get to con, it's black and white, it's crap. So uh I'm gonna pick the Star Trek the Motion Picture uh Marvel Super Special number one. Um, which adapts the great Star Trek, the motion picture. So now we have the movie director's edition, courtesy of Darren, and we have the theatrical comic adaptation, courtesy of Marvel. Make mine Marvel. Oh, fine. Yours is Marvel then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that brings us to round four. Round four. Um, and we must... Okay, so I think I'm going to pick something good this time. Ooh. Uh, this is... Um, one of my favorite episodes of all of Star Trek and one of my favorite TV episodes, uh, Darmok from Next Generation. Captain, would you be prepared to consider the creation of a mutual non-aggression pact between our two peoples, possibly leading to a trade agreement and cultural interchange? Does this sound like a reasonable course of action to you? Cadet <laughs> Beneath, 
Momenta. They're trying their best, as are we, for what it's worth. Shaka, when the walls fell. Darmok. Darmok. Rai and Jiri at Lunga. Shaka, when the walls fell. Zina at Anzo. Zina and Bakar. Darmok at Tanagra. Shaka, Mirab, his sails unfurled. Darmok. Mirab. Tamok. The river, Tamark. Darmark and Gilad at Tanagra. All right. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you mean by that. Could you explain it better? <laughs> That's a little inside joke. Darren, I think extremely little. When the walls fell. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just <laughs> love that episode. Um, it's especially the tour de force between Patrick Stewart and Paul Winfield. Um, it's it's just it's a wonderful example of how science fiction can tell stories about people. Mm-hmm. So I love it, and that's what I'm bringing for my fourth choice. And wow, that, remember, I love that episode. Remember Gilgamesh, a king. <laughs> okay, <laughs> tell me anything. <laughs> but I love that story. Like there is, I I think like that moment when um when Picard is telling the story of Gilgamesh and Kidu is just it's awesome, um mm-hmm. incredibly powerful, and it's just a moment of connection between those two, and it's just the how the way that story can connect us. Um, mm-hmm. And it becomes meta in a non-wanky way that I yeah, and also at the end when when Patrick Stewart when Picard is talking to them, the way he's such a great actor, obviously, but the way that he it understands the words he's saying to them, mm-hmm. um, it's a really not a lot of actors, I think, would have really been able to do that the way he's able to do it. I just find it amazing that the other language uh, includes. English uh, conjunctions and uh, uh, and modifiers. I think it's great. Dude, we're hanging through the universal translator, man. Come on. Yeah. Uh, okay. You Come know on. what? If Rob can like Sub Rosie after all these years, one day, maybe <laughs> if I watch it enough times, I'll finally like uh, Darmok. So hopefully it's a big opportunity for me to discover why everybody, you know, maybe that like inner light, I'll like finally get on the train with that. No. I love Darmok in spite of watching it for the first time, wildly hungover. <laughs> on your captain uh captain kirk uh, whiskey huh damn right mm, okay that's well that's it that's actually a good pick that's a great pick yeah. uh, next generation the uh darmok episode with darmok! the big paul winfield and uh <laughs> the walls will fall and hopefully we will get a signal out to get rescued okay rob burnett what's your next pick round four well, once again i'm going to follow Kay's lead and pick an episode i'm going to pick it is, it is a disc. It's on disc. It's a single disc. I did work on documentaries that are on this disc, but since it came out as an individual disc. Yep. Yep. No, that qualifies. It, it's my favorite Star Trek Next Generation two parter. And it. Time's is, Arrow. No. That <laughs> came out as. 
it has it has two oh. actors. One of uh, one of them I interviewed who told me that the other actor that was in the episode with him gave delivered one of the best performances, the performance ever of Hamlet. Yes, and this would be the late oh. David Warner and, and Chain of David Command. Warner, and it's Chain of Command 1 and 2 cut together as one individual movie? Yep. Yep. The Cardassians are developing a metagenic weapon. Oh, my God. Our orders are to destroy it at any cost. It's a trap. Come on! One of the most powerful two-part episodes has now been edited seamlessly into a feature-length presentation. It would be a shame if something were to happen to such a, uh, such a noted officer. I can't believe you're willing to sacrifice Captain Picard's life as a negotiation tactic. If I am not satisfied with your answers, you will die. How many lights do you see there? See four lights. No, there are five. You cannot hurt me! This gripping release comes loaded with new special features, including an exclusive making of documentary. We worked with the people at Amnesty International talking about issues surrounding torture. Plus rare deleted scenes unearthed from the CBS archives. Picard never saw them. If that is so, he may be tortured for information he does not have. Star Trek The Next Generation Chain of Command Coming soon to Blu-ray And uh, in it the, the reason I First of all it is my favorite Star Trek The Next Generation two-parter Because it deals with uh, There's so many things going on On one hand you have Brinksmanship With Ronnie Cox's Captain Jellico Who I love and I got to interview And he was absolutely delightful fantastic and uh so you've got great starfleet intrigue happening with the cardassians and at the same time you have what star trek i don't think anyone does better shows with two characters sitting in a room whether it's duet from the first season of deep space nine or the drum David, it's the, the drum head i mean gene wow. simmons and picard sitting Wednesday seven. Or measure, <laughs> you measure sound of, like me now. Measure of a man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh in, in, what do you mean now? Did I slur Gene Simmons' name? You yeah, did. either 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 you're drinking or you're doing your best impression of uh no, 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 Wanda. I I, I, no, I, well, I, I am having wine, but I don't think my voice is slurring. And okay. I will say this I mean, the scenes literally it's it's two men in a room sitting across from each other, maybe eight feet apart, if that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is some of the most riveting television ever. The 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 way that David Warner as Gull Madrid tries to break Patrick Stewart's spirit, and then chillingly at the end, you find out he actually did. Yeah, and the look on the look on his face when he says there were four lights. He's just so like, oh my god, I almost said it. And he almost said it. And it's an incredible, it. it's an incredible, uh, not just Star Trek, but television. Yeah. And really, really mm-hmm. a, a great two-part episode that encompasses everything about Star Trek that I love. Yeah, it's a great episode. It's a great episode. And that, and that you know, um, those those um, episodes that were cut into two-parters 
some are more effective than others uh, in the, the theatrical two-hour form. Chain of Command really works. Really works. And um, I, I, I really... I really do think, and what's interesting about Chain of Command is they brought in a um, a new producer on the the sixth season, and he wrote. Well, he was Frank Abeta Marco. Yeah, and he was somebody that I actually I wanted to find him, and when we were yeah. doing the documentaries, I I found out he sold real estate in Santa Barbara. No way, really. Yes, and I tra- tracked him down. Can you imagine him showing? I, I a house? tracked him down. There and- are four lights. <laughs> i mean roger roger and i drove up to his high-end real estate office in santa barbara we 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 schlepped in our equipment to interview him and all the nice ladies i mean this was high-end real estate and he's looking around like and these women are like why are you the women why are you here to interview mr rabbit marco and we're like well, he was a producer on Star Trek and wrote these episodes. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> so he was the smart one. He got out and got into real estate. Yeah, he got out and got into real estate. But he was a delightful man. Great interview. Really had a fun time. And uh, it means a lot to me that that single. That's day. a great story. That's that's great. And it's a great pick. I for, think uh, it, for the episode Ford. had the wrong effect on me because it just made me want to see the show with Ronnie Cox on. Yeah. <laughs> well yeah i mean the fact that jellico jellico is right he yeah. was right yeah. and Riker was wrong yep picard yeah. season four i should be jellico yeah that that is the b story and yeah. it's just as strong as the a story is yeah. kind of amazing and it makes yeah. you wish there were a jellico shelby and roe show yeah Oh, or a law firm. Oh my. <laughs> or a law firm. Let's kind of keep the next generation groove going. I mean, I think we can all agree. No hazel talk- honeysuckle. No hazel I'm keeping honeysuckle. it going. No hazel honeysuckle. No Lieutenant Yarner. Um and no we all agree that the first and second seasons of we of Next Generation were not great, in spite of like a few episodes that we agree were great. And the thing that was most uh surprising i think about season three was that it was there was an immediate sense that things had changed it it certainly was shot better the costumes looked better everything felt uh crisper more professional more like uh like a modern tv show the writing just felt better and it took a couple episodes to convince me that wow maybe star trek had turned the corner and the episode that convinced me that, okay, like this is like, it, it's not just, um, hey, every so often there's a really good episode of this show that basically doesn't work, um, was the third episode of the third season, The Survivors. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation, the crew discovers the sole survivors of an alien massacre. The attacking force prepared you for some reason. They're guarding a dark secret. A mystery that's destroying Troy's brain. A threat that's attacking the Enterprise. Commence rapid fire with all weapons on full. On Star Trek, the next generation. Mm. That's our pick. Why would you pick? Rob and I are always selling that one. When did you become a survivor? He listened to us. I have always been of the body. Uh, no, I mean, I, I the tiger, baby. I love that episode. It has just the the best ending, the best reveal. It is so 
well played. Um, Patrick Stewart is just amazing in that moment as he tries to process what he's being told. I mean, it is a, you know, it's a, it's a very long setup for the punchline. The punchline is just terrific. And I just remember watching that and thinking, holy crap, if this show can do this, right, without being a very special episode of Star Trek. You know what I mean? It's a Twilight Zone episode. Even John Anderson is in it. It totally is. Fantastic performance, by the way. Amazing as Kevin Uxbridge, right? Even though his name is Kevin, he's really cool. Um, That's, by the way, a really, really powerful card in the card game. That's right. Oh, it makes all the other cards. I want to be a who's no, no, I don't want to be a who's knock. I want to be a, a dowd. A dowd. I want to be a dowd. Be, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And you, you know, from, uh, uh, from who's knocking the knockers? <laughs> you know what, though? That's, oh, a, that's a different dowd. You, you know, John, so Jonathan Frakes and John Anderson work together in North and South. Oh, that's right. Oh. Fun and, fact. And, and uh, Jonathan Frakes told me that John Anderson uh, told him that. Uh, breakfast was always the most important meal of the day because you 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 put the uh, you put the fire and into the into the what do you call it the oven whatever oven. stokes stokes up stokes the, the fire the day you got you always got to have a great breakfast. in the engine room yeah yeah <laughs> I know this ship like the back of my hand oh that's um, the story Riker told me when I interviewed him yeah and that's not that's we good believe that's good we love we and we love the survivors. And we are survivors because we're on this planetoid surviving. No survivors. So, yeah, that's good. I'm. I'm I got to tell you, I there's not. Uh, we got a lot of next gen here, a little bit of TOS, but you know, not much else. Be oh. interested to see how this develops over the next couple of I'm picks. But Darren still has a pick coming, so I have we'll a see. pick coming, and so do you. So I do, so do you, I. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. <laughs> My pick for this fourth round is a, an offering from uh, a uh, a dear friend and sometimes adversary, David Gerald. Uh, of course, I'm speaking of The Trouble with Tribbles from mm. the original season, second, uh, second season. And uh, it is wonderful. Uh, from beginning to end, it is quotable as hell. Uh, it is uh, nonstop. Uh, verbal action, mm. and uh, and it is uh, perhaps one of the greatest foils that Kirk ever had. Um, you know, not counting Khan, of course. But Nils Barris, played by William Shallard, is absolutely amazing. And uh, a- after they go through these, uh, through through these, uh, that would have been a different movie if Nils Barris swore revenge against Kirk. I and, think you know we've done the I wrath of Nils Barris. That would be a great alternate Star Trek too. The Revenge of Nils Barris. I'd love to see that with the entire. <laughs> he cast the, me, the, and I shall have him. The, it also has one of Shatner's great retorts. Well, yes. it, has, it has all of them. I take this very seriously. It is <laughs> I you. I do not. Very seriously. <laughs> it's you. I take lightly. Yeah. Yeah. I have never questioned the intelligence of any representative of the Federation until now. Uh, it's it's so good, and uh, you know the the great Whit Bissell as uh, apparently the do nothing uh, head of, uh, <laughs> administrator of K seven. Uh, the administrator of K seven. He's he's completely useless. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know the and William Campbell appearing out of nowhere again <laughs> uh, as uh, the uh, Klingon captain Koloth. Um, 
it's just great. Uh, I, I love it. Uh, it's one of the episodes that I, I still have recorded on cassette. And I listen to it over and over again. And I know every inch mm. of that episode. And I really bugged David Gerald with it when we were arguing over dialogue on uh, one of my episodes that I directed. Uh, and he uh, he was saying, well, that doesn't sound like Kirk's voice. Oh, really? And then I would I would speak back his own lines to him. And uh, and I convinced him the other way. It was, well, you it know, was very, very fun. Yes, Gerald- Mr. Mr. Burnett. What's really interesting about that is I noticed you brought that to uh, to our planetoid. Yes. And maybe you didn't realize that you brought this with you, but for whatever reason, along There's a trouble. No, no troubles and tribulations. From no, I didn't. I didn't bring it. On, no, I didn't you, it was there. It was no, there. I saw it, it in your package. It just was there. So we got you that. You checking at his package and you saw a triple? Because canonically, if you're going to go back and you're going to, you know, go from a, a series that was made in the '90s, and you're going to look back thirty. Rob, years. if you want trials and tribulations, you, you can pick it. it. You, you have to bring, bring it. it. You can I didn't it. pick it. I just noticed it showed up. He didn't pick it. He picked trial and trouble trouble. Making shit up. You can pick it if you want. That over the next round. You I didn't have it. to pick it. It came with it. Darren. Probably had it together with the he thing. Didn't. I don't know. No, I can he tell you for it. certain. I did not. Okay. I don't know. I found it. <laughs> you, I didn't bring it. You're imagining things. You're drinking too much of Ashley's whiskey. Okay. Right. I'm not so, drinking whiskey. I'm drinking a fine Pinot. No, Noir. I know you're not, but I, 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 Ashley brought Captain Kirk whiskey. Drinking with her whiskey. Damn right. Although I, I don't know why it's Captain Kirk whiskey. It should be like oh, sorry and brandy or something. Well, that doesn't exist. I know, but right. it could be brandy. <laughs> could be brandy. Brandy's I just brandy. Say, if you want to give something a reboot, Deep Space Nine did it right. What? What'd you just say? I said, oh, if you nothing. want to he- give something a visual reboot, Deep Space, Deep Nine. Space Nine went from 1996. I don't want to give anything a visual reboot, Rob. That's why we have our original episodes. I'm just saying they kept the aesthetic. So bring it. Bring it along. Okay. If you want. So that brings <laughs> us to my pick. Fight? Yeah. <laughs> that brings us to my, that brings us to my pick. And, you know, like I said, I feel like I, you know, I love Deep Space Nine, so I'm surprised Deep Space Nine hasn't shown up, despite Rob's best efforts to sneak it in. Um, there's no Voyager, there's none of the rest of the shows. So I want to, I want to rectify uh, the omissions uh, by uh, picking my pick, which is the soundtrack to Star Trek: The Motion Picture by Jerry Goldsmith. <laughs> uh, I think that you know when we're stranded and we 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 want hope. And we want, we, we, you know, maybe we, you know, we're reading or we just, uh, you know, we, we watch too much TV. Uh, we want to put on that soundtrack, one of the most magnificent soundtracks ever, ever written for a film and uh, just uh, be, uh, enjoy it. And I'm talking, of course, about the La La Land three disc set. Indeed. Um, I could pick that two disc set that had inside Star Trek on it. But it wouldn't have the Sean Cassidy song. But that, that has the strong cast. The three disc set has the strong cast. That's what I mean. Song. You have the three. Star- I want to start Bob yeah. beyond time Don't. because sometimes you just feel like a little strong Cassidy. Well, <laughs> that, that's the only thing that you can want is because there was only a little Sean Cassidy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, my pick is the Star Trek the Motion Picture soundtrack from La La Land Records, which will be packed in the luggage and brought to this planetoid where we are all stranded. So I hope you it's like Jerry Goldsmith. Like we know we're going to be stranded. It's Almost, no, it's just. Yeah. I, I guess. I guess it feels like. Yeah. It's not a three-hour tour, but indeed, it turns is, out to uh, be. Mark, you you don't need the inside Star Trek album because I'm here. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You just have it committed to memory. <laughs> that's that's a good point. That's a really good point. 
Okay, so uh, that brings us now to round five, round five. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping we're going to see some more um, episodes in our uh, of Star Trek in our show here. But it's uh, some... <laughs> go I'm ahead, Kay. Something that I just find so much fun. I think all the actors are having a great time, and it really does a great job at uh, nailing what it's poking fun at. And that is the Voyager episode, Bride of Chaotica. Oh, good choice. This is no ordinary mission. What was that? No ordinary ship. Captain Proton, surrender! Not a chance. And no ordinary crew. Ha! You're no match for Arachnia. It's a fantasy gone wild. Power the death ray! But the danger... Uh, incoming. ...is all too real. We're going down! ...on the next <laughs> Star Trek Voyager. If I was going to pick a Voyager, that would be it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a super fun episode. Harry Kim's still completely useless, but um, it... I still have a hard time because I was between that and something terrible from Voyager, but that might be coming. Um, I don't know why. You got a lot of choices. I got a lot of choices. I don't understand why Tom Paris. I get this like, okay, I'm going to be Captain Proton. This is fun. But then for reasons I cannot fathom, he creates an Irish village on the holodeck. And there are two episodes in it. And I don't, understand him at all it's this twee irish village called fairhaven the episodes are awful and but everybody is everyone on the crew is so excited to go to fairhaven what is go do the chaotic thing what are you people doing isn't uh, (laughs) isn't fairhaven where popeye lived no that was sweet haven that would have been a much cooler episode of voyager (laughs) (laughs) maybe he was trying to create that planet in scotland and get the candle lit (laughs) They are, they are, uh, it, it literally, and this is easy, so I can say it, it honestly would be something a girl would come up with. I don't <laughs> know why Tom Paris came up with a twee Irish village, but anyway, Bride of Chaotica, super, super fun. Uh, Kate Mulgrew has a tremendous time in it. So okay. does Kate Mulgrew play Chaotica? Yeah. She, she, yeah, she plays the, the Bride of Chaotica. But as Janeway playing the character. Yeah, and Chaotica right. is like Ming the Merciless. Yeah. Then, then why does he have a female gendered name? What? Uh, because Tom Paris. Hey, leave me it. out of this, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's Dr. Chaotica. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't, uh, yeah. Why do you have to poke at everything? Because it's pokeable. It's not. It's a totally frivolous episode. That's a delightful, fun. How dare rock. you? It's not frivolous at all. It's it's <laughs> very important. That's why Kate picked it. No, I'm saying in a good way. I'm not criticizing. It's, a, it's fun, good, <laughs> frivolous. It's funny, fun, frivolous. It's frivolity. <laughs> it's, it's like I thought she was picking. What, it's like a clown that uses really you. It is it light does. and fluffy and delicious. How exactly. is it and that's funny? What we need How on is this. it freaking funny? That's what we need on the on the planetoid. We need fun and frivolity. Otherwise, we're going to go crazy watching all this. I serious think we're stuff. already there. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Robert, what's your pick for number five? Once again, I'm going to follow K, and I'm going to pick a Voyager episode. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh sorry, man. sorry. Okay, oh, I'm going to pick. Not only is it one of my, maybe it's my favorite episode of Voyager. I also think it's a great episode of science fiction. 
Christopher Nolan did not do it as well as this episode did. And in terms of a science fiction, in terms of a science fiction episode, in terms of an episode based in science itself, blink of an eye. Imagine watching a world evolve before your very eyes. For each second that passes on Voyager, nearly a day goes by on the planet. A world whose weapons... The inhabitants appear to have developed antimatter torpedo technology. ...will soon surpass your own. Life report is failing. An all-new Star Trek Voyager. I love Blink of an Eye. and Blink of an Eye, the Voyager is captured. It's stuck in orbit uh, about a planet where time moves differently than it does on the Voyager. So they're able to watch a planet hundreds of years pass. And of course, then the Voyager itself becomes uh, interwoven in this developing culture's mythology because there it sits. A starship has been in the sky for hundreds, if not thousands of years. So it it deals with a lot of really interesting themes uh, in one hour, 45 minutes of TV. Right. And I really love this episode. To me, it it does everything that Star Trek wants to do. And it could have gone in many different directions, but you actually see the life on the planet. You see life on the ship. And then there is a a meeting of the minds at the end that I find very uplifting. And there's something about the episode that, that, that only modern Star Trek could do. And I think, you know, with with people like Brandon Brog at the helm, he always was looking for strange things based on scientific principles to uh, base stories around. Uh, this was probably one of the most successful, along with something like Living Witness. And I really love this episode of Voyager. I love this episode as a uh, as an episode of science fiction television. It's just delightful. And it you know what? It's uplifting. It's very uplifting. I, I like it. Of Voyager episodes, I think it's a pretty good episode. I wouldn't take it with me if I ten ten picks of Star Trek episodes, but I, I, you know, we're not talking I don't episodes, not like dude. You said Star Trek in general. Yeah, well, I'm saying you think about anything. My bag. I didn't know. Where I know, going. but is this what you want? I mean, this is the ten you want. You want to have blinking you know, watches grabbing, again? And then... You're you're in you're in Rob's office, and you got right. ten minutes. No, nobody. No, no. You can yeah, you have to find your way out, now. dude. You know, I, I happen to be working on a screenplay for something else. I picked this up. I, you know, I w- I didn't know we were going to crash. No, no. It was, it was very <laughs> deliberate. You said I'm going to bring. I'm going to be away for a while. I'm going to bring the the stuff I really want to have. My Star Trek stuff I really want with me. It's not like, oh, I happen to have this episode of uh, Requiem for Methuselah. Might as well bring that. Great episode. It's even got a model of the Enterprise on a tabletop. Come on, what's up? It's awesome. I happen to have this, this, you know, and the children shall lead. I'll just throw it in the luggage. No, no, that's the worst episode. That's the one of the worst hours of TV I've Uh, ever seen. I'm saying, I mean, maybe you're a president of the Mel and Belli fan club. I know the only thing about that episode that's great is the UFP flag. That's it. That's That's the only thing, which is an excuse to bring the technical manual. (laughs) <laughs> that, that, then maybe bring that oh, I can't I believe I'm getting dissed Second. for a favorite episode of Voyager my no, god I'm, I'm just surprised I'm just, I'm just like I'm not saying it's not a good episode I'm saying but as something to have on a desert island I just am surprised to bring it, it reminds me of the legacy of Star Trek and what it led okay. to for other people decades there you go later. you know what subjective it's your choice we all respect it fine choice Rob 
Ashley, your pick for number five? five. Number five. Right then. Um, so you know, I, I think that 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 Rob has the the right idea, uh picking a story where time moving differently is uh is very important. Except the the episode that I would like to select comes from a good show. Um <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Um I am going Harsh. to along the third episode of season four of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, uh, entitled The Visitor. A freak accident freezes Cisco in time. No! Don't leave me! Now his son begins a lifelong obsession. You're older than I am. To save his father. We're trying to rescue the gold, Jake. But to bring him back to reality... They're being pulled into subspace. ...could take Jake his entire life. Jake, what's happened to you? On the next Star Trek Deep Space Nine. One and, of the uh, best uh, episodes of television ever. But of incredibly depressing. And I love it. It's one of my favorite Star Trek episodes ever. But again, yeah. I don't know if I would bring it, that with me because it's depressing. It is heartbreaking. I love to feel things. Um, real like human emotions and shit. I love getting that out of my out of my entertainment. Um, Avery is terrific in it. Uh, but Tony Todd, Tony my friend Todd. Tony Todd, um, who is is you know one of my stars on my little show that's dropping on August 11th <laughs> on Netflix. Go to Dragon Squad, come see it. Mark, I'm learning everything from you. I'm so uh, impressed. Is, <laughs> thank keep you. Going. Uh, Tony is just he is fantastic in this episode of just it's Mm -hmm. it's an episode about grief and loss and trying to make sense of the universe when the most important thing to you is suddenly gone um and you are constantly tantalized by the prospect of of bringing it back to the point where you would sacrifice everything and the fact that it manages to show that side of the story while letting us be inside of Mm. uh, captain cisco's point of view and feel that love that a father has for a son and the sacrifice you'd be willing to to make for him um, and what he's willing to accept and what he's not is just so powerful. It's an amazing episode of television. It's an amazing episode of uh, of, of Deep Space Nine um, and, and Star Trek in general, one of my favorites. You won't get an argument here because, boy, that Tony Todd, who stars in Ashley's show, Dio, Dragon's Blood, uh, um Dota Dragon's Blood on Netflix, the new season debuting on August 11th, is fantastic in that episode. It's great, but I got to tell you, it's the same reason I'm not going to pick in the Pale Moonlight, my favorite episode of Deep Space Nine, just because I want stuff that's going to be uplifting and fun and for 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 the while we're stranded. I well, want the Gilligan's minute, Island of Trek episodes and not, um, you know, not sort of the 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 dark, more depressing. Epi- but if we're stranded, if we're stranded. Can we live with it? I, I think can. we can live can with it. Can we live with it? Boy, no. You know what? I think I've sort of set a, a weird little, I don't know what I'm saying about myself here, but so far I brought alcohol. I brought <laughs> my enemy, my ally. I brought the visitor. Yeah. Um, this is not a happy time. <laughs> I, I know. Actually, <laughs> I think you're going to get your own cave. No one's going to just going to walk off one day and never come back. <laughs> That's, right. That's all there is to it. We're wow. like, and reading and he's stuff? watching the visitor and crying again. And then he just went for a walk and he never came back. <laughs> no. All that was there, left was an There's no crying in Star Trek. 
we're, we're gonna look at the punch and we see some a body like flying hey is that ashley <laughs> oh wow oh my god oh my god the rescue ship will come and they'll say where's ashley we're like we don't know um okay, you're like so. you're like the lost cunningham brother chuck <laughs> oh, there a little at the beginning and then you're just gone yeah just gone and nobody even talks about you anymore. like michael mckeon in the thaw that's right, right. don't and you want to do a, just a little story like a fan story about what actually happened to chuck oh you know and just like just something and it's like I, now it's just all sort of spinning through my head i'm going to pitch it tomorrow go ahead yeah, everybody's <laughs> copious spare time next season oh. on dota dragon's blood season four oh, what I'm happened to chuck cunningham <laughs> okay Netflix so is Dar- like, wait what darren um Number five, what's your You know pick? what? I'm going to bring in some wonderfulness and some adventure and some uh, some uh, uh, good old-fashioned Star Trek by bringing the Doomsday Machine. Oh, excellent choice. What happened to your crew? Oh, we, we were dead. Mr. Sulu, you will lay in an evasive course back to the Constellation. Aye, aye, sir. Belay that last order, helmsman. We're going to attack. You will carry out my last order, Mr. Sulu. I am assuming command of the Enterprise. But I would advise against it. Get us out of here. Prepare to beam me aboard on my signal. Gentlemen, I suggest you beam me aboard. Yay. Uh, That's more like it. We're talking about uplifting Star Trek? Yeah, Yeah. he he destroys the doomsday machine. He gets away. You know, everything's fine. It's also one of the great hours of television ever made. So, you know. Uh, the 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 luminous William Wyndham <laughs> <laughs> as uh, Commodore Decker uh, is uh, amazing, and he uh, he does the uh, Captain Queeg bit very well uh, when he's on the bridge, and uh, the uh, you know the confrontation between him and Spock is legendary. So I love this episode. I loved it so much. I remade it, and uh, I, I may bring my remade version uh, to the island. Oh, okay. Right. Wait, okay. does that mean you get two things and I don't no. get? I don't. Get, He's bringing his oh, version one. instead of the okay. original effects. Yeah. Oh, I see. Which yeah, is okay. his right, right, which means we can still pick the Tuesday machine from the original that's right. series. Oh, oh. that's um, mean. That's mean. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not going to pick that. But you know, it's funny. I was going to pick Shirley because I wanted something fun and with frivolity. But then I suddenly seized on something. I realized, you know what I want. The La La Land original Star Trek soundtrack collection, because then I can relive the entire season in my mind. Yeah. Hey, if you can bring the whole soundtrack collection, I can bring the deep space. Uh, he has, he has a point there, Mark. Yeah. I can only bring exactly. individual discs. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you told me the same thing early on in the show. Yeah. It's different. It's a totally different thing. Fine. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna go with sh- I'm gonna go with sure. Because that's a whole season of episodes. This is just music. It's a music collection. It's not sold individually. It's only sold as a giant box. The the, the <laughs> collection is different because they were sold as individual episodes, okay, and then fair. it was that's released a as a collection. I, I'll go. Oh, I'm bringing Gilbert. Oh, hey Gilbert. Can I bring any? Hi Gilbert. Little so can I bring Gilbert. the original Star Trek uh, uh, original series 
collection from La La Land? I, I only if I can, can bring the entire full series. Mm, no, you may not. No, I just told different. you why you can't. You can't because they were they were sold separately. And yes. then put in a box. I will allow the. Well, so the kind of the, the Star Trek La La soundtracks over no, here. No, that's no, different. They were never. What say you, K. Renda? That was not by La, La Land. Okay, well, you guys are cheaters. I think it counts because it's not an entire season of television. Yeah, it, right, which yeah. defeats the whole purpose of picking yeah. individual episodes. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to pick. Also, 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 because I really want to have it. Right. Yeah. Right. Because and you can relive all these wonderful episodes in your mind. So yeah. what you're saying to me is two of your picks have been soundtrack albums. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. All right. I guess we. That's right. Have you because it's CD the music player? of the, the Does mind. anyone have a CD player? No, we have a Blu-ray player that plays. Oh, oh, that because second. of Mark, now I can sit on the beach drinking my whiskey, reading my book, and listening to music. And collect twenty percent. Okay. And collect twenty percent. Okay, well, I'm taking the soundtrack collection with me. I love so it. That'll this be good. So don't scratch it. Don't I'm get drunk and scratch the discs because we don't have it digitally. We only have it on CD. <laughs> okay, so okay, so that takes us to round six, and we're back, okay. back to K. And uh, this is, you know, it's getting tough. We're starting to run out of slots for our uh, our desert mm -hmm. island uh, picks. So, uh, K, what's it going to be? Oh, Number six. Okay. All right, so uh, I'm I'm going next generation again. Um, and I'm picking this episode because it's kind of the closest they got to uh, doing Philip K. Dick on Next Generation. Frame of mind. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> I still got it, baby. Without warning, Riker falls victim to an unknown hysteria. And the crew fears he's suffering from a mental breakdown. The mind can manufacture all kinds of things. But are they all in the grips of a powerful delusion? None of it's real. You're still with us on the Enterprise. Or is Riker slipping into a terrifying madness? Let me Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. I, I love this episode. Obviously, it, it it's of its time, um, so they don't go as far into Riker's point of view as right. they, they would now. But yeah. I, I thought I thought it was extremely well executed. The scene with Susanna Thompson is so freaking weird, um, and and I think uh, Frakes does a nice job in it. He's great. In yep, it. he's great. And I love. That's an episode about Beverly trying to get people to do plays for her. Oh my God. <laughs> it's it's so, like, that's what would happen on the Enterprise because half the time they're just traveling. And, you know, we figure all these episodes where shit happens, most of the time nothing's happening. It's boring yeah. as shit on the Enterprise, right? So, what do they, they do? Plays. They, you know, she'd they be doing do plays. plays. They put on concerts, they paint, whatever. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it would really be kind of boring. Yeah. You know, I think, I think we just see the good stuff. But like they're they're probably weeks, months on end where nothing's happening in the galaxy. They're just checking on, you know, people, seeing how they're doing, you know, gaseous yeah. anomalies, you know, make it you no know, science. Got the night shift today. I mean, it's just it's gotta be like Picard's just in his ready room half the time. Looking at his oh, fish, feeding yeah. his fish. <laughs> yeah. He just stares at the fish tank a whole yeah. shift. He just lies on that sofa and looks at the fish, <laughs> talks to him. Tells him about how his mother hung herself. Um, no, he never said that. 
Okay. Because it didn't happen. Because <laughs> it didn't happen. It's not so canon. Guys, um, okay. Cannot go down that road. Yeah, we we don't that open that true. Pandora's box. No. Uh, okay, so um, that's a good pick. Frame of mind. Good episode. We like it. Rob, what's your pick? Okay, you knew this was coming. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't pick it, I will. It's one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek that is the most unsung great episode of Star Trek ever. Mm. It has a fantastic science fiction concept. Mm. It has incredible character interplay and some of the best McCoy, Spock material ever. (laughs) That is is Mm. also sort of, there's a mirror of it in the third season, the Tholian web. Yeah. After they think Kirk himself is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, I, I think when I was a child, this episode made me the most excited of any Star Trek episode. I don't know why. I mean, I think the idea of I didn't understand what Lovecraft was. I didn't understand Cthulhu or the old ones or whatever the hell was going on. But I knew that space was fucking scary. Mm. And to my young mind, this was the scariest episode. It was going to help you pass biology class. It helped me pass biology class. Mm-hmm. And it was it was terrifying. It also had, in my mind, at the time, pre-Star Wars, the single greatest effects I'd ever seen on TV. Mm-hmm. And, it, is, and it also had like thousands of voices cried out were suddenly silenced. Uh, yeah, they ripped it off in Star Wars. And I knew it. I knew it. I was like, <laughs> aha, I knew it. And that is, of course, the only thing wrong with this episode is it does not have an original score. It uses yes. library tracks, other tracks from other episodes. It's, of mm-hmm. course, season two's masterful, The Immunity Syndrome. Captain's log, stardate 4308.8. The intrepid, it just died. And the 400 Vulcans aboard. All dead. The stars are gone. According to the life monitors, we're dying. We're all dying. I cannot say what it is, Captain, but I would say it has found us. Grant me my own kind of dignity. How can I grant you what I don't understand? Contact in six seconds Spark, come in come in contact lost sir power levels are dead sir you may have just written our epitaph Mr. and it is one of my favorite episodes of all Star Trek and um, you know it, 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 it truly is terrifying and it you know, truly it, it makes space scary and I mean, a zone of darkness. Vulcans were destroyed. Yeah. And they I mean, didn't know what was happening to them. They were they astonished. Had no astonishment. Yeah. Well, because they were they were using logic and and nothing that they and and uh, that was in and front of them. Made that episode is logical. No, that's not true. It is. I know. I like the immunity syndrome. But Rob, I gotta tell you, did you see that the, the James Webb telescope, the zone of darkness? The first thing I thought was. There's a space of me been there, dude. And I'm terrified. I know. <laughs> right. I mean, this giant zone of darkness. I it's mean, like the James Webb, and- somebody should just do a TV series 
every time there's a new picture oh of the James gosh. Webb telescope downloads, you just write a story about that picture. It's amazing. Rob, if it's any consolation, we are never going to be anywhere near any of those photos. So don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yes, but, but what if they become near us? Yeah, they won't. Mm-hmm. No, Elon, Elon Musk said in about 10 years, he'll be there. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, no with sense. the help of Al Ruddy. Yeah, Al <laughs> Ruddy and, and Elon Musk are on their way, and they can stay there. No, it's one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek ever, and um happy to bring it. Yeah, and, and, and you know, just like you said, remarkable effects. That amoeba, that space amoeba is just incredible, and it has that great McCoy spock dialogue you should have wished me luck so i mean that that to me was when i was a kid i'm like oh man that was like the ultimate diss yeah the ultimate diss yeah Yeah. and it was spock it was spock he wasn't being emotional but he was being like fuck you yeah right and he never did that ever anywhere else in the series ever yeah to me it kind of was the second rate doomsday machine but i still like it yeah. And uh, it has that great character moments, which really redeem it. See, I don't see it that way. Because... Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get why you love it. You got I, 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 and I like it a lot. I mean, I'd be happy to watch it with you. I'll watch it with you. Well, nothing but time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it'll be, it'll be definitely, it's definitely, you know, rewatchable too. Which is and by not, the way, and by the way, it is it, over and I, over. I will say this. It's one of the only episodes of the remastered Star Trek that I will watch and I don't actually mind. Mm. Oh, you know, Tomorrow's Yesterday, I feel that way about. Like, I really like the remastered Tomorrow's it's Yesterday. It's really good. And, and yeah. Court Martial. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Court Martial. Yeah, I don't that's just true. mention all the episodes. <laughs> no. Okay, well, that's a, that's a great pick. Immunity Syndrome, not surprised. I'm actually surprised that Survivors was picked by someone other than you. But I, I think, uh, you know, we got a couple more coming. Oh, so, uh, uh, Ashley Miller, what's your pick? Uh, I am, uh, I'm, I'm staying with Deep Space Nine for right now. And um, I am also going to bring a, uh, a two-parter. Mm. Um, I know what you're going to say. Maybe you do. Maybe the you The Dyer's don't. cast. God damn it. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, the... Uh, <laughs> Season three, episode so 20 human. and 21, <laughs> Improbable Cause and the Dias cast. The attack. There's an entire fleet decloaking out there. Open fire has just begun. So much for the Dominion. The consequences. There's a good chance you won't be coming back from this mission. Are deadly. You've turned us into sitting ducks for the gem. The dark. Who will survive? 2,000 meters. 500. Fire. The war to end all wars on the next Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Like, these were the episodes that, to me, look, I love Deep Space Nine already by the time that we got to these episodes. But in the same way that yesterday's Enterprise sort of said, okay, next generation has is here to play. Mm. Like, it just in terms of, you know, what it can do. Like, Improbable Cause, the Dias cast was... Um, you know, Deep Space Nine's statement game, mm. right? This was, these were the episodes that in many ways defined what the show was going to be uh, through its conclusion. Um, and it did it so well. Um, it has amazing performances in it, great big action with just awesome twists at the mm. end. It's super cool. It's everything you wanted to see in a fleet battle at a Star mm. Trek, but you hadn't 
right to that point. So well executed. Um, Andrew Robinson as Garrick, a simple tailor, but not, uh, <laughs> is totally fantastic. His relationship with an Auburn Tain is fantastic. Let me just tell you something else about Andrew Robinson. Andrew Robinson is also a voice on my show on Netflix, Dota Dragon's Blood, God. third season dropping August 11th on Netflix. Dear he also plays Scorpio in Dirty Harry, which has nothing <laughs> yeah, to do with it. Yeah, he does. It was Odo. I mean, actually, there is a great scene between Odo and Garrick, Renee Aubergenois, who's always fantastic, but is particularly oh, so missed, so missed. What a what a sweet man he was. What a talented actor. It just that that was a real loss. Um, yeah, and his name means shaded like purple. Yeah, right. Look, <laughs> I, I, those are great. That's a great two parter. That's a great two parter. There aren't, you know, it's funny that there aren't a lot of great Trek two parters. Honestly, you know, Menagerie obviously is great. Um, Chain of Command, which Rob mentioned, is great. Dies cast, but you know, there's a lot of dissents, you know, and even stuff oh, like Best oh. of Both Worlds, which doesn't stick the landing yeah. in the way that the first part oh, does. Oh, so. I think it does. How dare you, sir? <laughs> I, I love part one, but man, I just am not oh, a fan of part two. I love all of it. Well, for me, those episodes are about Riker. Yeah, that's the problem. He is the main character. Oh. No, I really, I really, I think it's, I think it's Freak's best performance in Star Trek. Uh, I absolutely love it. I'm with you. As most people do. As most people do. So you are definitely in the majority. I I've just yes. never liked Best of Both Wait. Worlds Part Two, but I love Part One. Anyway, we've had this conversation before. Yes. I don't want to. I don't want to bore you with it and, again. But I do want to. I do want to move uh, to um, a great picks, Ashley, on the Deep Space Nine front. Both those episodes. So, uh, uh, Darren, that brings us to you. What's your pick for your sixth? Number six. I, my sixth pick is going to be a surprise for most of you. Surprise! Wow, really? <laughs> Total surprise. surprise! I'm going to pick from the next generation. No. You oh. are going to pick from the next generation? I am. That's extraordinary. Um, <laughs> my pick is a really crappy episode, but ooh, I love it because of the guest star. Ashley Judd in the game. <laughs> oh, come on. This yes! isn't guilty pleasures. This is yes! Desert Island Discs. Yeah. Yes! That's oh. correct. And I get to pick what the hell I want. Yeah, you do. Well, I just think it's there. ridiculous. Hanson Robin Leffler? Come on. Hanson Robin well, Leffler. And done. Her, and her list of rules. Which That's right, Chris, uh, and and the totally preceding so all her episodes are represented. We have Darmok. Can I speak, and, please? No, no, no. I just want to say all of Ashley's episodes are recommended. We got Darmok, and now we have the game. That's so there correct. you go. It's a, a you hit for the cycle. Look, <laughs> the the love story between her and Wesley is completely ludicrous. Oh God! Uh, but she is so uh, luminous in it, and I, I love her. I have since the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going with my gut feeling here. So the game. And Riker is terrible in it, too. So Terrible. Terrible. There were so many people on that show I did not need to see have orgasms. <laughs> and it wasn't really effects guy. How do you feel about those effects? Oh, my gosh. Terrible. Oh. Somebody okay. should release the app. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But can it make you orgasm when you get one of those things in the? <laughs> no, that's Sabrosa apparently. Oh, Light the candle. Yeah, Sabrosa candles. Yeah, Sabrosa uh, yeah. Sub candles. But that's somebody that's, was selling that's that in Vegas. Pick, and some people may say I'm throwing my vote away, but I don't. I love it. Are. I'm with. I'm with you. I love it. It's great. Yeah. Okay. 
Who doesn't want to see, by the way, you know, a Star Trek buddy movie with uh, Sonia Gomez and Robin Leffler? Come on. Wouldn't that be I'm great? Like, like yeah. and, 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 and Cecilio from Lower Decks, the uh, TV. Oh, yeah. Not the, Any not the of cartoon. Them more the, interesting uh... than Wesley Crusher. Yeah. Oh, God. She's when so did people fall in love with Will Wheaton? Never did. Never. <laughs> I mean, there's so much. The fans seem to really be into that. I mean, when we were watching, everybody hated him. He was like Noah Hathaway is Bobby. We didn't hate the actor. No, we didn't hate the actor. But we hated the character. We hated the game. No, we I mean, didn't. I wanted to see Will Wheaton go off and do stuff like Stand By Me. No, I we thought he had the a player, not the game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the player isn't an episode. Oh, the right. player is a um, very good. Yeah. Okay. So that brings us to me for my my pick. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I was pick. actually thinking of picking um, Tropic Thunder because Ben Stiller watches Arena in it, and then I said, "Why would I pick Tropic Thunder for him watching Arena when I could pick Arena?" Because yeah. you know, we're 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 stranded on a a planetoid, and you know we have a lot of we're, a lot of hate built up. The people that stranded us here, the people who can't find, you know, and then but the arena teaches us to forgive. That that that, that, that you know there is there is great you know uh, joy and forgiveness that it, it's the right thing to do. And, and can, I think that and it was unexpected of humanity by the Metrons. We can it's take such- the surrounding rocks and create a rudimentary DVD player. <laughs> so I'm going to pick a wonderful episode which depicts the Gorn the way they should be depicted, and um, and and it's the wonderful arena that Gene Kuhn wrote for um, the original Star Trek with such a potent message Having that continues to resonate. But he'd today. Read the story somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, well, loosely well, based on the story by Frederick Brown. Yes, not it's not it's not he he came up with it and then they said oh you know this is. This similar like something to else, yeah. you know, some now and they got the rights to protect themselves, yeah. but it's you know. all right. Yeah, but they did get the rights as opposed well, because to they didn't want to be Ursula sued. Those who walk away from Umlas, you know. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Okay, anyway, I think Arena is a terrific episode. It is. We all love. It's a great Kirk episode, and you know, it's a great episode about the Star Trek characters watching. Of Star Watching Trek on Star TV Trek on, their, <laughs> yeah. On, the yeah, on their big screen TV. They get to watch their, you know, and it's a great episode. They're like all digging it. So, and of course, that teaser is just the best. Sesame has been destroyed. And all that great stuff out of Vasquez Rocks, you know, with the uh, Obsessed Street stuff. And then later on, unbelievable. Um, it's just so great. I mean, that fort that they built, um, that they used in Mission Impossible and a million other things. I, I just so saw cool. that Mission Impossible episode yesterday. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's great. <laughs> Where, where they're walking out of that fort uh, with uh, uh, with Spock's father. I'm sorry they tore that down. Yeah, me I too. I wish it was still out there. Me too. It's we great. We go out there and just play Star Trek. We you know at that fort. I would love that, but yeah. we can't. We it's can't gone. because gone. we're because we're too old for that, <laughs> and it doesn't exist. Okay, so that's my pick. So now we're going to number um, going to number seven. This is we're getting into the to the final few picks. So choose wisely. Um, Kay, number what's number yeah, seven? This, okay. This is, this is tough because we are getting to the end and I don't know how much more, how many more ridiculous episodes I should really choose. Uh, oh, you're doing well. Taking good stuff. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm going to go with one that I just find to be an absolute blast. Uh, Mirror, Mirror. Mm. Ooh, you took Rob's pick. 
Nice. Good pick. You can watch it. I have it. You can watch it. Yeah. Uh, it's just so it's just so much fun. All the actors have a great time playing their their various facial hair and uh, it's I, I love it and I just love the just what they did with the mirror universe, I think is just so cool. Yeah. It's so great. Rob, I know you're a huge fan of this episode. Why don't you 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 tell us why you'll be thrilled to, that Kay has Mirror Mirror well, on the you know, one of the things I love about this episode is Spock. Is that is that when Kirk points out that that Spock is an honorable man in both universes. The idea that they subvert who and what we are. The humans are we're reversed from who we might be, but Spock really isn't. Yeah. And and that logic and Spock himself prevails in both universes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, you know i just i love it he's he's still doing his duty he has to do his duty but uh you know he's a man you can trust even if you're if if the world is topsy-turvy upside down everything is inverted you can still rely on spock's intellect and logic to get you through the day right. even if some of his operatives are vulcans. vulcans and and not only that i mean you know, at the end, when 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 our crew comes back to our universe, when Spock even says our Spock says it was very, you know, he talks about how it's much easier for you as civilized men to pretend you're barbarians than for barbarians to pretend they're civilized men. And it, it's such a great episode. Also, it has a female character uh, that I love, Marlena Moreau who's the captain's woman, she will stop at nothing. She's she's ambitious, she's ruthless, but at the same time, she also understands, she can see when someone, she sees the essence of a person. She knows Kirk is not the same Kirk. Mm -hmm. She feels it, she knows it, and she ends up the heroine of the episode. She saves their lives. Yeah. And, and she knows enough to spare Sulu. And uh, it's pretty great, which he was very grateful about. I mean, it's it's a great. <laughs> if you look, if you look in terms of a of a look into the human psyche and what makes humanity great, even though it's sort of counterintuitive, Mirror Mirror is a great episode of Star yeah. Trek. A Plus, it gave us the episode. Tantalus device, which was critical to the conclusion of the most recent Starship Smackdown. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Don't remind me. Okay, so that that's a great pick. Unfortunately, it's opened the door to Rob picking the alternative factor now. Um, so, Rob, no. what is your um, what's your pick for number seven? Well, I have to say, I'm going to go back to the original series, the first season. Uh, I think it's one of the finest episodes of Star Trek ever. But I think one of the reasons why it is the greatest, or one of the greatest episodes of the original series is I don't think that Star Trek has villains. I think Star Trek has antagonists. And one of the great things that Star Trek always did was it made their antagonists relatable. You understood who they were and why they were doing what they were doing. And never more so than uh, we, got, we got insight into the psyche of one of Star Trek's great antagonistic alien races the romulans and dun, that dun, episode dun, dun, dun. is bound dun, 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 to terror. Dun, dun, dun. 
Captain's log, stardate 1710.0. The starship Enterprise is under heavy attack by an enemy vessel. Obviously, their weaponry is superior to ours, and they have a practical invisibility screen. Helm, hard over. Phasers, fire, point blank. I'm pointing out that we could have Romulan spies aboard this ship. The Earth commander will follow, he must. And when he attacks, we will destroy him. Permit me the glory of the kill, commander. We can get just one phaser going. Phasers, Mr. Spock. Impossible, Captain. We have some of the old-style nuclear warheads aboard. Yes, Commander, but only for self-destruction. Place one in with the debris. Balance of Terror is, uh, in my mind, I understand it's basically a World War II submarine scenario, but what sets it apart is it didn't have to do this but it spends an inordinate amount of time on the Romulan ship. Right. Where we see Mark Leonard as the first Romulan. Uh, obviously, he played Spock's father. He played Sarek. Later, yes. But later. But the relationship that he has with his centurion, his sub-commander, his friend. Uh, and, and one of the great conversations in any Star Trek episode is, is when his his friend is saying, well, look, you know, I know we're probing the Federation defenses and we found a weakness. And if there is not a weakness or if there is a weakness, isn't it our duty to exploit it? You know, that's what we do. Yeah. And, and Mark Leonard said, but must it always be so? Why is it we have to do this? Why do we have to exploit a weakness? And he, he has one of my favorite lines in Star Trek. My gift to the homeland another war how great is it that star trek consistently had us not only attempt to understand but empathize with our antagonists yeah. whether it would be balance of terror or as we mentioned in arena or even in errand of mercy or in the devil in the dark it's, or it's skin extraordinary or, yeah Armist. i mean <laughs> it, it is i mean what was so great about this episode it's a it's great me. It's a great action adventure episode. It has great starship porn. You could see various angles of ships we hadn't seen before. The Romulan bird of prey or whatever, warbird, is scary AF. That plasma weapon it fires. I remember as a kid, I'm like, oh, you know. Trying to it outrun was, it, yeah. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. And the acting in that episode is amazing. And at the same time, there's no room for racism or bigotry on my bridge. Yeah. It, it, it works in, it is a beautiful episode, not just of Star Trek, but of television. And it's one of the great episodes of Star Trek of all time. No question about it. Yeah, fantastic. My very uh, favorite. Great pick. Uh, Ashley, what about you? Uh, your seventh pick. My seventh. You pick. have seven picks. Three seven picks of ten. left. Not seven of nine. Um, I'm going to... Because, you know, all is proceeding as I have foreseen, the things I would have chosen from the original series just keep popping up. Um, I am going to stay in uh, in Deep Space Nine land. Of course. And um, I am going to pick something that will hopefully scratch a, a couple of itches. different itches. Um, I'm going to pick the 10th episode of season four, written by Ronald D. Moore. Uh 
it, it's it's great. It's fun. We did a uh, on an entirely different podcast. We uh, oh yes, that's a fun we, choice. We reviewed this episode. Um, our man Bashir. Great. You know his name, Bashir. Julian Bashir. You know his game. I'm a spy. But when Bashir's fantasy charmed crashes into reality. Whatever you do, don't end that program. The stakes of play become life and death. I don't have time for games. Diabolical. Visionary. On the next Star Trek Deep Space Nine. It's one of the great holodeck episodes of all time. And at the same time, it's really just a... Look, it's fun. It's a great send-up, but a very knowing send-up of uh, of James Bond films and and just James Bond in general mm. but like without occasionally sticky but in a good way um but it also manages to be a very serious look um at how somebody like Julian Bashir looks at the universe compared to somebody like Garrick and there's a lesson that Garrick is trying to teach him um, about how to look at his enemies and how to look at problems and how he should be just a little bit more like Garrick uh, if he wants to survive everything that's that's coming for them. And it's just, it's fascinating. And But again, it's it's just fun. Yeah. Um, Avery Brooks, I can't even imagine, you know, what their set budget was because I think Avery Brooks ate the entire set. Uh, in that <laughs> Dr. <episode>. Noah. <laughs> Dr. Noah. Just, yeah. He was unhinged in the best possible yeah. way. He's so great. And, you know, you think, and I love what you said, because you think it's just a parody of Bond on the surface, or if you read the TV guide description, but there's, there's as the best Deep Space Nines always do, it's about more than that. And that's what's so great about that episode, you know, and um, obviously they have so much fun, Nana playing, um, what, Mona Loves It, and, <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> Uh, you know, Terry Farrell and every, everyone's just so great. Kyle Meany is the henchman. And it's just, uh, it's a delight from start to finish. Okay, so that brings us to Darren, his seventh pick. What will it be? Lucky or unlucky? My seventh pick is something that I'm incredibly surprised that not one of you has picked yet. Wow. Oh, boy. It's a little, It's a little... Film called Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. Yeah, see there you oh, go. But see, I, God damn it! I knew <laughs> all is proceeding as I have forced. <laughs> Still, old friend. Uh, you know, in in terms of uh, in terms of films, it is the number two film for me. Mm-hmm. But it's great. It is a great episode of the original series, about writ large on the screen, and uh, uh, you know Ricardo Montalban's. Performance is amazing, yeah. especially as since is his he, chest. Yes, it's right out there. Do, his chest is right out there, and uh, but he is so good without even having been in the same room as Shatner. Uh, he is, you know, the famous uh, quote where uh, uh, Nick Meyer uh, said, "You know, it's not always good to show your top," and uh, and of course Ricardo said, "Ah, you're going to direct me." Good. I need this. Uh, it's it's great, and uh, it, it's 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 so much fun. And uh, the you know as we as we read uh, at Comic Con, uh, the uh, early uh, one of the early scripts for uh, Wrath of Khan without Khan from uh, Sam Peoples' uh, uh, 
horribly disappointing script. Uh, it had it had interesting <laughs> moments, but uh, the the ability for uh, Nick Meyer to cull the best parts of all the scripts and and combine it into one is in like uh, weeks, days, no, in, in 12, eleven days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's so it's so great, and uh, the the flavor of it is uh, very much Star Trek. Yet it's more because it adds the uh, gravitas of getting older and uh, facing your decisions and, uh, you know, make sometimes making the wrong decisions. And, and the amount of quotable dialogue mm -hmm. is astonishing. It's great. Uh, you know, and the, uh, the discovery of Kirstie Alley as, uh, as Savick is, uh, is great. She does an amazing job, mm -hmm. uh, you know, from having been a little girl pretending to be Spock by raising her eyebrow. Until she became a crazy Republican, she was my Let's not go favorite. that far, please. I'm just talking about the movie. Thank you very she, much. She's so great. She's so great she's in She's great in that. You um, know, there was a Republican that appeared hair? in Star Trek. That would be Lincoln in the Savage That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Back in the days of sanity. Anyway. Um, and, and Kelsey Grammer. I, yes, Kelsey Grammer right. was not in Star Trek II. He was in Cause and Effect. No, not in Star Trek II. But he He's was the captain of the Bozeman. He was in Cause, Be, and Effect. Cosby effect. But yeah, the no, road no, movie. I think oh at the con when we're stranded on a planetoid, buried alive, it'll be great to watch Star Trek 2 again and again. It's fun to watch again and again. We've already watched it's it hundreds of times, so why not watch it hundreds of more? Exactly. And as uh, as uh, Walter Koenig said the last time he saw the film, oh, that's that's it's not bad. It's pretty it's pretty fun. So I think that the uh, that's a, that a was good, amazing. That's a, a good uh, a no. vote for it. No, no, I, I think that would be on all our list, but you picked it first. So I did. I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah that's great, great pick. Okay, so that brings us to number eight. No, that brings us to your number seven. Mr. Oh, yeah. my oh, number yeah. seven. Well, unfortunately, Al Ruddy failed to get us copies of The Godfather. So I'm going to pick the next best thing. I'm going to go with a piece of the action from the original series. Ship's log. Mr. Spock reporting. Dr. McCoy and I are prisoners of the chief criminal boss of a society patterned after old earth gangsters. Put your hands over your head. Or you ain't gonna have no head to put your hands over. You wanna live, don't you, Kirk? You bet you do. But after I get through with you... I don't have those tools by then. I'm gonna call up your ship and have them pick you up. In a box. Kind of like this. I'm gonna get one myself. Daddy, Daddy! Wait a moment. What have they done? What have they done to you? What have you done? Okay, Pally, we're going for a ride. I just need something that's super fun that I love. I I I could watch that episode. I had the photo novel. I could watch that episode. It, is it Star Trek's best episode? No. Is it its most fun episode? Probably. It, I I I can watch that thing over and over and over again, and I have, and I love it. And you will be. And I will be. And uh, such great performances. From oh everyone. yeah. I, I mean, the, such some of the lines. best guest acting uh, of the entire series ever. Yeah. 
Dun, 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 so dun, good. Dun, dun. And yeah, Bell Oxmick, and you got then you got Vic, Vic Tate back as a uh, Krakow. <laughs> the Fizzbin yeah, scene man, is. I. They're, they're trying comedy. to figure out what's going on. Those actors, man, they did not get the credit they deserve. <laughs> they were so good. I really I, wanted to see Piece of the Action Part Two with Bella Oxmick's son, Michael. Produced by Already? <laughs> no, Al Ruddy was never anywhere near it. That's no, there was flashbacks to Bill No, 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 no. There child. would have been somebody because they were very imitative species. Somebody would have imitated Al Ruddy. He would have <laughs> oh, pretended he was God. Al Ruddy. I'm the Al Ruddy of Sigma Osha. But how great is that scene where Spock attempts to communicate with the Enterprise and he's trying to impress McCoy and you flip the switch and you do the thing and the Enterprise should answer. And it's like, bang, bang, the sweetest little handgun in the world. Oh, my God. It's so... <laughs> Great. I just, when that came on WPIX, I was always thrilled. I mean, I got like, my dad would rush in, my brother, everybody loved it. My so, dad loved it too. Yeah. He just, it was just, it's a, it's a gangster. Star Trek, it's, 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 it's a wonder that that's, it's interesting that Quentin gravitated to, towards that for his abandoned Star Trek film that he wanted to do, you know, basically piece of the action. Sense. Yeah. So, but, and, and, and Shatner and Nimoy are so, stinking good in that playing gangster and having so much fun where he tries to drive the car you're they an call excellent it a starship commander <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's, funny it's, it's great i'm gonna come down there with some of my boys it's just so oh that's so great so anyway that's my pick pc action because one. we're gonna need a little cheering up because we're gonna miss earth it's you know because it's not easy to be a rocket man far from home mars ain't mm -hmm. a place to leave your wife and um so we're gonna be uh we're yeah. going to be sitting and, you know, missing, missing our home. And, and so PC action will make it just a little bit easier. So that brings us to number eight and K. Rindell again. Okay. I don't want to hear it. My choice <laughs> for my number eight pick is the penultimate episode of the first season of Strange New Worlds called all those who wander because it is the aliens. This is the one with the aliens. Yeah, it is a straight up horror episode shot like a horror episode. It's beautifully made. Rob <laughs> just logged off. Rob <laughs> literally just logged off. He, he just walked away. We just lost oh him. He just lost Rob. I can't believe that. He just hung Who's up trying on to us? take Genesis. Oh my God. Oh, he's back. Oh wait. No, he's gone. He needed more booze. He's oh, back. He's my fine. God. It's, you know what, Rob? It's just going to get worse from here. My friend. It's just I mean, gonna get worse from there. Newt? That Newt. Come on. How you did the what? P hey, show how did respect. the Dorns in that you episode become a spacefaring race? Let, let Kay continue to make her let, let, let Kay finish her her her, I, her yum. I love it. I think it is it's actually genuinely suspenseful and scary. I love what, what they've done with the Gorn. Uh, I think <laughs> oh, <laughs> again. oh my god, Ron, come on, listen to her. Can't this is not over with rocks anymore. Is they're just they're just it's just different, and I loved it. I thought it was really, really, really good, especially for Star Trek, any Star Trek to do straight up horror. Great, Rob. Now, your pick for number eight. Well, I respect my esteemed colleague oh look everyone has their we celebrate what we love yeah right? that's right Kay loves so, that she wants that uh, to bring that it, it, look, i was just kidding it was all about humor good humor 
<laughs> and everyone has a secret pain. Because <laughs> I haven't finished watching that episode, so I, I can't even weigh in. I, I turned it off. So, um, so okay. Here, the, the, I'm going to pick a book. Uh, one of the things that I find interesting about not the book, no modern start, not the book, not Read Chicago book. mobs of the 20s. Um, you know, we've seen Patrick Stewart. Uh, the first two seasons of Picard was very much about Patrick Stewart himself. Yeah, no it, kidding. It, it was not. It was not so much the character of Picard, but. But Patrick Stewart okay. using Star Trek as a platform to examine his own life, which is interesting. But why mm -hmm. did I have to watch it? Uh, uh, <laughs> just, hey, hey, I, I, I am right there. You and I park our shuttlecrafts <laughs> in the same shuttle bay. Let me tell you. But I will say Unless, that. Okay. Do you know? Do you know who? Who? Uh, in terms of somebody examining their own lives through the lens of Star Trek, I would say, not surprisingly. William Shatner did it best. William Shatner went and found the best Star Trek novelists. The Ashes of Judith Eden. Here it comes. and Garfield Reeve Stevens. Yes. And and Shatner and and they have told me directly. I said, come on, does Shatner write these books? And they both said, confirmed to me, they're Shatner's ideas. Heckwar. And and I would I would say this. I have read uh Shatner's original treatment for Star Trek V, which was called Act of Love which is actually quite good. Uh, it, it The ideas didn't necessarily translate into uh, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, but his original treatment is fascinating. I love The Ashes of Eden. I think if that had been the basis of a movie, if that had been his last film, um, it, we would now look upon it as a, a, as a classic. And I think that, that they, they wrote 10 books together the Reeve Stevens and Shatner. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the most part, it was a great synthesis of Shatner as an actor exploring what the Kirk character meant to him and two writers who were steeped in Star Trek canon and they were drenched in the lore who understood how to take Shatner's ideas and caress them into the Star Trek mythology to create something that is very worthy of the name Star Trek. And, um, you know, of their collaborations, I didn't like the last three, the, the final trilogy, but I think they did a fantastic job with the first, they call it the Odyssey trilogy, but the Ashes of Eden that was also adapted into a comic book is amazing. And I love it. Okay. Ashes of Eden is Rob's pick uh, for eight. Uh, Ashley, what's your pick? Okay. So I'm going to make Rob happy. Oh, the alternative factor. Yes. No. Um, never. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, I'm going to bring a little companion piece for a Man. previous pick. That's making Scott Mance happy. The no, companion. we're not bringing the companion. Okay. <laughs> the companion is... Metamorphosis, no. Um, uh, no, not metamorphosis. No, goddammit. Because I am still in Deep Space Nine land and all is proceeding as I have foreseen, except for that little foray into the thing that happened a couple of minutes ago, um, which I didn't see coming. Um, I'm going to pick uh, Deep Space Nine's homage to the original series, uh, Trials and Tribulations, which Great. was written by basically everybody on the writing staff. Um, it's so well made. It's like it's funny. Um, it's smart. It's cool. It was like, man, I got to tell you, 
the night that that episode broadcast for the first time, my friends came up. Uh, my wife got out of our apartment. It was our first apartment. Uh, we drank so much and watched that episode over and over again. And when my wife came home late that night, she oh, found the three of us passed out. Uh, the episode was still playing. Caressing a triple. I was sitting on a couch and my beer was sort of falling out of my hand and pouring on the head of my friend. And I will <laughs> take that with me to my grave. Um, and so, you know, trials and tribulations means a lot to me. It was the first fight that I had with my wife. It was great, guys. So <laughs> let's, we're bringing it. Did you ever okay. did you ever see the end of the episode? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, we watched it again and again. I, and again. I think it's safe to say everybody, but Darren is a huge fan of this episode. What are you talking about? I like this episode. Do you? Did you keep putting it down? Well, I actually, 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 yeah. actually found it on the ground, and Darren's denied he brought right, it, but Darren it was in his pack. It was in his luggage. That's when we were it's stranded like, here. He it was in his luggage. Okay. Darren, no, I think it's fun. You're putting agency. words into my mouth. And Don't wait for the translation. Answer me now. Well, we we know Darren ain't picking Star Trek six. What are you picking for number eight? For number eight, I'm. Oh look, there's a kitty. Oh, so cute. Uh, K has a oh, kitty. The kitty's coming Watch with out us. for the okay. gore. Mark. <laughs> um, my pick is another book. It is the book. It is. Rob already picked it. Fifty year mission. No, no. he's going to say Stephen <laughs> Whitfield's <laughs> the making of Star Stephen, Trek. Yeah, Stephen Whitfield, otherwise known as Stephen Edward Poe, uh, wrote the making of Star Trek. Uh, the book on how to write for TV, mm -hmm. uh, featuring bold letters of the words of the great bird of the galaxy uh, strewn throughout. It is amazing. It had yep. a collection of photos that were unmatched, except for a, a certain too dark shadow on a phaser that made some phaser replicas really ugly for the next few years. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's amazing. I must have read it 50 times. Uh, yeah. And it it is uh, it is great. It is unmatched. And I remember seeing the pictures of the sets uh, in the book. Uh, you know where you could see the permanence up in the in the rafters and the uh, studio lighting. I just found it amazing, and it really opened up that world uh, to me in a way that uh, you could never uh, you could never imagine just while you're watching television. So, it's a great pick. It's I a great it. pick. You know, it's it's interesting. In my mind, I think you know, I have a, a an open study Bible on my shelf, and I think about the Book of Genesis. Genesis. And then I think about then I think about the making of Star Trek, and they both carry about the same amount of weight with me. They're all about creation, mm. about life, about my life, my God. Amazing. And I've read that book as many times as you have. Mm. And it made me want to make movies before I even knew I wanted to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's a, that's a great pick. Uh, that's a great pick, Darren. Really great pick. Uh, you know, and it's funny because I been dancing around like the blueprints and the technical manual and all that stuff. But I think the making of uh, Star Trek is the, uh, you know, kind of definitive uh, book, he, even though I do adore the blueprints and technical manual. So I'm going to pick something adjacent to that, which yeah. is, and you're going to laugh, but I, I want to have it with me, which is Migo's Mission to Gamma 6. Okay. Uh, this was a toy I could never find that based on the Apple, and it had a giant vol, and it came with, you could put your hand in the glove and 
capture the Lilliputians or the landing party, and it had a trap door. You know, along with the Planet of the Apes treehouse, this was one of the great toys of my childhood, along with 2XL. And uh, I have fond memories of it. And if we're going to be stranded on a planet, uh, maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe the the properties of the water there will make us revert to childhood. I don't know. Of course, but, you have uh, no action figures to play. We'll be rascals. Uh, uh, that's true. I have no action figures for the play set. Oh, maybe this wasn't the, well thought out. My Migos mission to Gamma 3. I'm not Gamma sure that... Six. Uh, Gamma 6, yes. Gamma, th- Gamma, Gamma Hydra 2. That's right. <laughs> um, okay, can I take that one back now? Nope. Because we got to get the show over with. So uh, it's my pick is Migos mission to Gamma 6. So now we're going to go to lightning round. Uh, number nine, starting again with K. Number nine, also not going to be very popular on this podcast. It is another episode of Strange New World, Spock Amok. Security breach at airlock four. Don't shoot, we're crew. You have a relationship opportunity. A Vulcan soul sharing. We can truly understand each other. This is coming dangerously close to hijinks. Who doesn't love hijinks? I do not like hijinks. Get out of town. We are not in a town. Which I just think is so much fun. Rob, we just lost Rob again. Rob's left, uh, but that's fine. You no, know, Rob, fine. you gotta respect. Because I'm gonna be able to just be in my cave watching my shows. Yes, you are. That's fine. So I'm fine with that. You go on paying your five ninety nine a month. <laughs> oh, I will. We get oh, wait, we get streaming on this plug tonight. I didn't know that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Shit. Well, no, I'll buy it when it comes out. All the discs, my friend. There oh, you go. Fun. Okay, so so case. It's, uh, it's a, it's a really fun episode. So. That's that's my pick. It's nice. It's good to like things. Thank you. Listen, dude. you know what? This is what I love. I, I you know, uh, uh, having Kay here with a, uh, we see a, a a diversity, a multiplicity of opinions, and that's what that's, that's what, what it's all about. Her. That's what I, the starship is about. And and I think you know, the, is there a more um, substantive conversation to have about this subject? Uh, probably, but uh, now is not the time. Show. To have it and and uh again we just celebrate what we love. Kay is celebrating what she loves, and that's 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 good for her. Good on her. Um so okay. So Rob Rob Burnett, uh, what's your pick for number number nine? Uh my pick is the AMT plastic model, the 18-inch model of the Starship Enterprise. That as a child, uh, I probably built 30 of them. Mm. And it was the first time I could hold my imagination in my hand. Mm. You know, watching Star Trek, that model kit, that model of the Enterprise, which I played with more than any toy I ever had. I mean, just holding it up and making it come toward me and imagining camera angles in my mind, burning it up when I I made the Constellation or whatever. And what was interesting about that was, I think around 1975, they added all the other uh, uh, names from the technical manual. Yes, in, they did. Into the decals. When yeah. I told my mother, I needed 12 of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, my mother looked at me and she's like, what Kay's do you pick is looking better and better. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying that I could hold it. I could hold my imagination in my hand. Right. 
and that's in my why, hand, Marcus. I had it in my hand. That's why I loved um, it. Okay. Uh, great pick. We all built that model kit. It was fantastic. We didn't build 12 of them. I was speaking for myself, uh, but it's pre- it was pretty amazing. You had that uh, in the Congo, Mark. I, look, I, I'll tell you what screwed me up was that Star Trek, the motion picture refit that, that with the lights. That was, uh, that was way beyond my Oof. abilities. Okay. Ashley Miller, what's your pick for number nine? I'm not going to dance around it. I'm just going to pick it, bring it Let with he me. He is without sin. Uh, no, I'm actually, I'm going to pick a book. I am in fact going to pick uh franz joseph's uh not to be confused with franz ferdinand uh franz joseph's uh starfleet technical manual uh which i just spent untold hours with as Mm -hmm. a child paging through it and paging through it and just you know like rob said holding my imagination in my hand just like looking at those ships and wanting to see them like you know on the screen and we never quite did but god i love i'm still waiting for that dreadnought to show up oh my god me too in fact that like you know it made like there's actually a one of the, the pocketbooks dreadnought which yeah. i just got and the first read. mary sue story yes exactly but it also had the dreadnought in it and that was important <laughs> i know she uh-huh. the dreadnought us. is the mary sue. Tricked us. that's right great uh great 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 uh why do you think pick? it had a third in a cell um, just because uh, caramanga had a third nipple oh god i'm just saying you're ruining my Man. childhood it's on the cover of the book. Oh, stop yeah. it. Come on. What are you ruining this wonderful pick for? That was a, such a great thing. Great pick. Great pick. Okay. I didn't ruin it. You're, you're, you're making fun of poor Ashley. No, no, he's not. He's oh. just. Oh, no. no it's the, I'm not. Okay. All right. Darren, number nine. Number nine, my pick is the last episode of The Next Generation, All Good Things, the one that should have been the movie. The trial never ended, Captain. It's time to put an end to your trek through the stars. The past, the present, and the future are on a collision course as Star Trek The Next Generation's epic series finale, All Good Things, comes to life on Blu-ray. I'm moving back and forth through time. And the fate of all mankind depends on one man. We don't have time for this! We have to save humanity! He's Jean-Luc Picard, and if he wants to go on one more mission, that's what we're going to do. Witness this unforgettable end to an incredible journey that won a Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation. We can't stay, Captain. We have to. Everything depends on it. This feature-length season finale has been painstakingly remastered from the original 35mm negatives to bring you unmatched picture-perfect quality. A lot of things can happen in 25 years. And for the first time ever, experience an all-new retrospective documentary featuring new interviews and archival behind-the-scenes footage. How can I etch yet another facet in this character so that the audience will go oh that was there was something more with you i was weary and we came to the last episode and i felt a sense of relief we are not only just had seven great years together it was the beginning of the film franchise we did four movies after that who gets that lucky plus a new audio commentary with writer producer duo ronald d moore and brandon braga and never before seen deleted scenes why have you come here we heard about the light They told us about the power it has to heal illness, and we had to come here. Um, yes. 
It's great. I love it. It uh, it doesn't really make sense if you step back and think about it because the anomaly shouldn't be a certain size in the future. Uh, but it's fine. It doesn't matter uh, because it's uh, it's fun and it's fun to see uh, Patrick Stewart just wandering around so confused for the entire higher episode um, the beauty of it then we got a whole first season of picard with that yeah well he's oh, equally, oh. equally confused uh and i think it's a it's a good uh, character uh, uh moment it's, for him it's such a beautiful ending that last yeah. scene it's so so lovely. great we were yeah. always welcome the perfect coda to yeah. next generation and it yeah, should have yeah. ended right it should have ended with seeing the enterprise go away and just exploding that would have been, been perfect. It's so wonderful. It's so wonderful that 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 finale, beautifully done yeah. by Ron yeah. and Brandon and Michael Pillar, yeah. uh, pinch hitting yeah. as well. Uh, okay, so that brings me to uh, uh, t- uh, nine, and uh, mine will be a palate cleanser. I'm going to pick the Menagerie. Uh, the appearance of uh, Captain Pike on the Enterprise, played by the great Jeffrey Hunter, and. Um, of course, uh, uh, the um, um, unemotional Majel Barrett is number one. And uh, it's the story of the first uh, the mission of the Enterprise in which uh, and Spock sacrificing everything to save his captain, oh. who had no idea about the fate that was going to befall him. That's when right. None the Delta Shields, um, But it's 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 such a it's such a great two part. It's a great cliffhanger. <laughs> There's a wonderful performance by um the great uh, Malachi Throne, false face of Batman fame. Right. And uh, and it's just, um, and the Telosians are one of the great uh, um, aliens of, of, of Star Trek. Amazing makeup. Uh, uh, just everything about it is just really, really terrific. And, and Darren and I recently watched The Cage on the big screen and appreciated it even more, uh, particularly the performance of uh, Jeffrey Hunter on there's, the big screen. There's a reason that there's a death penalty for visiting Talos IV. And the fact that certain shows don't recognize that just pisses me off. But mm. the original Menagerie is so great and such a great setup and such a creative way of framing that original uh, original pilot. It's brilliant. And, and brilliant scary. producing because oh, yeah, it was it, a money yeah. saver. I mean, it, it, it's it's anybody who's worked in TV it, it is absolute genius how they were able to salvage the, the pilot with a different cast and create a, a cheap wraparound that they, they you know, to go around the envelope. Basically, as it was you called. get two episodes for the cost of a half an episode. It, it's incredible. Great. It's but, absolutely incredible. But beyond that, it created lore mm-hmm. and history to the Star Trek universe. More yeah. so, I, I mean, it, it cannot be undersold how much lore it created that is even being mined now. Yeah. 56 years later, they're looking back at what they did for the pilot that was rejected by a network, yeah. and it is now the basis of an entire new series. Yeah. When we learned that Pike loved cooking, oh, wait, that wasn't in that. But uh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it provides yeah. the 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 um, the foundation for an entirely new series and also a Marvel comic series called Early Voyages. Which so is actually quite good. It's amazing that that, you know, so much has come out of the cage. A, a cancel or busted pilot. It's it's it really whether you know you love it or not. It, it's it's remarkable how fifty five something years more than that years later uh, the cage is the gift that keeps on giving. Okay, so that brings us to number ten. We're going to go around one last time as we conclude our list of Star Trek 
Desert Island Treks. And as always, we'll start with Ms. K. Rindell. Uh, sorry, I was just uh, imagining Anson Mount cooking for me, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> He's a beautiful uh, man. <laughs> I mean, the hair alone is just... Um, this is also going to make Rob turn off uh, his camera. No, you know what? You know what, Kay? You know I've respected you for decades. I would, since the days I'd run into you at Golden Apple. Since the days I was just, I, 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 I will not make a joke of this. This is the last moment, and I, I want and you to know yours. I've had eternal love for you for 30 years. Don't not point out can change it. Sacrifice of Angels Whatever has been picked. Uh, Maneuver hasn't correct. been picked. Uh, I love it. I think it's super fun. I think everybody's great in it. It's a beautifully made movie. I will be watching it alone in my cave, and I'm fine with it. I didn't. I didn't hear what you said. What was your pick? Yeah, 2009 Star Trek. Oh, sure. Oh, I'll okay. watch with you. Sure. Okay. Why not? <laughs> oh, Dan and Rob have both logged. That's off. all right. You know what, Kay? We can we can share the booze. Okay. You know you know you, you know why I, you know why I don't have a problem with that. I mean, not that it matters. It's your pick, and it doesn't matter. Thirty if I years. No, you know, I don't have a problem with that because it's another universe. It's another universe. So I'm, I don't have, because it doesn't shit on what's come before. This is a different universe. So yeah. even if I don't necessarily agree with all the choices, it's fine. It's not changing what I know is Star Trek. So yeah. I have no problem with that. It's, it, it's the stuff I have more of a problem is when they say it's in the universe we know is Star Trek. So that's, uh, yeah. And it's not without its, your joys. I I just I love it. I think it's super energetic. The cast is phenomenal. I think uh it's one of the things that I do like about JJ is that he is so good at casting. Um That's so true. Ash That's and I true. are gonna have a lot of fun drinking and watching this movie in our cave. And it, it, it's total popcorn fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm trying to, yes, you know, I'm trying to be respectful of her guest. She's entitled to her. Yes. Yeah. Mark yeah. is trying to be respectful of me, Rob. Everybody's entitled. I'm very respectful of you. Let's talk X Files. Come on. Oh, man. Okay, that's a whole nother episode. Okay, so look, we're wrapping up. So, case uh, pick t- Star Trek 2009. Uh, Rob, what's your pick? Star okay, Trek this might come as a great surprise, and it's going to be maddening to some. As many people know, I do not look upon modern Star Trek with much favor. However, as Kirk said, there are always possibilities. And uh, in Star Trek VI, they talk about being too set in your ways. Are we too old? All these things. A joke. My 10th pick for what I bring to a desert island is Star Trek Picard Season 3 Episode Five. Not fair. Not, Not fair. fair. Oh, you can't say this, and I'm going to tell you why. No, I, 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 I'll allow it. I'll allow there it. is there is an exchange in that episode that was incredibly unexpected, unbelievably canonical, and I was blown away. With a show I hated, hated. I never thought I would love Star Trek again. I mean, I felt guilty feet would have no rhythm. I had careless <laughs> whisper. 
<laughs> Let me tell you, I was done. I thought I was going to have to throw everything I owned about Star Trek off a cliff. Not true. Star Trek Picard season three gave me hope. And when I got, uh, I'm just telling you, there is an exchange between two characters and I can't tell you who they are, but one of them you will be surprised by. And when I saw the conversation, Samuel Cogsley. Armus, the skin of evil. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to say, I I, I can't say who or what. And all I can say is it's two characters, like in duet, in a room, talking to one another that are reconciling after a long, call it whatever you want. Okay. And I was. Rob's pick. Rob's pick is something that is not available to anyone. (laughs) Oh, but. It, it will be. It has the benefit okay, of never having been tried. <laughs> okay, look, and I, let's leave it at that. Let's move on to That's Ashley. All I can say, I, I would like to say, fine pick. I, I certainly hope. I certainly hope I, so. I, I do find that Rob has a astoundingly good taste when it comes I to Star Trek. I hated so. the first two seasons of this show, and talk about a turnaround. Just saying. Okay. Some call it a comeback, baby. Some call it a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> I've been here for I years. I have. I have nothing but high hopes. And, uh, you know, as, as you know, we had Terry Metalis on the show recently. And that's why I felt said, I'd say it yeah, was uh, was extremely encouraging. OK, so, Ashley, that brings us to you for your 10th pick. What's it going to be? Wow. Um, you know, I had something kind of personal in mind. But then, Mark, you said something that made me think. Um, can I bring a six parter? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Excellent. In that case, case I am going to bring uh, the first six episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine season six, uh, ending with the sacrifice of angels. Um, Just an audacious. I mean, look, uh, most of the whole Dominion arc was awesome, but like but those six episodes were so tight. They were so amazing. Um, They were unlike anything that Star Trek had attempted to do before uh, and did it so well. And you know the ending. No, it's just... not true because they had done this, the abandoning the station before oh, in no, the no, Circle no, trilogy. No, 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 no. Well, that's true, but I mean, like something that was because actually you're right. That was three episodes, um, but kind of stretching out like that that storytelling over six episodes. Yeah, um, no, I, I, of, I knew what you meant. Yeah, I and and kind of bringing it all together, like in that last episode, that last battle, man. Like when the when the Klingons come out of the sun, it's awesome. Um, and it just reminds me of everything that I love about those characters, about Deep Space Nine, and about Star Trek in general, because there are great individual Star Trek mm. stories that occur in the context of that six-parter. And and honestly, that's the genius of it. It's not like, I think, one of the worst tendencies of streaming, which is, what if we just sort of end the episode here and kind of continue it on and not yeah. resolve anything and feel yeah. like we've told a story? This continued things, yet at the same time, it gave you a satisfactory experience. Rocks and Shoals stands out. I don't care what the hell else is going on around it. And yet, you know, as a part of this little sequence of episodes, it was it was critical. Mm-hmm. Um, it was consequential. It, it was everything you would want it to be. And they were the, stranded, too. They were stranded, too. And I wonder Just if like they brought uh, Gene <laughs> Kirk straight bourbon whiskey. Uh, Actually, I, I would ask you a question. I, I believe I've always said that the sixth season 
of Deep Space Nine was probably the best and most consistent season of modern Star Trek. What do you think? Um, I think you're right. Uh, we actually did a whole thing on this, I think. Yeah, but, Star um, Trek's best seasons, yeah. Yeah, because I thought at first, like, oh, it would be season five. But no, 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 you're right. It's season six. You mean mid-modern Star Trek. Yeah, mid-modern. You're right. It's true. The, it's the, not the, modern Star Trek the time, Silver Age. At the time, yes. Silver, Silver Age. Age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm so glad you picked that because I had Rocks and Shoals and Sacrifice of Angels on my <laughs> list. So you took them all off the board. <laughs> nice. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad about that. So, okay, great pick. Very cagey of you. But you got to have the whole arc. You got to have the whole arc. And I think that qualifies. Okay. So, Darren, your 10th and final pick. What's it going to be? 10th and final pick is tenth and final pick. one of my favorite. It's not my favorite TOS episode, but it's my most enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And that is the one where they lampoon uh, uh, historical uh, adventures and television at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it is bread and circuses. Uh, it's so much fun. Wow. Uh, with a great couple of uh, antagonists in it. We have Captain Merrick and uh, Proconsul Claudius Marcus uh, just chewing the scenery everywhere they go. Uh, probably one of Shatner's greatest uh, sort of swashbuckling bits with him uh, running around with a submachine gun. Um, and uh, he gets the girl and uh, gets her uh, pretty uh, pretty well. They threw him a few curves. They, they threw him a few curves. And it's it's such a fun episode. It shows the balls of steel that Kirk has when he's up there on the podium with the pro-council and he's seeing his men putting being put to death. And uh, he says, uh, pro-council, I've seen forms of entertainment that make this look like a folk dance. And he's just cool as a cucumber, man. And he's just awesome. And I love this episode. And it is so much fun. And it also has a great scene between Spock and McCoy that is mm. uh, is equal to the ones that were in uh, the immunity syndrome in my mind. And you know, Darren, uh, Merrick is a millennial. <laughs> he's a millennial. How so, Rob? Well, he never he never did the work to get to be a Starfleet captain. <laughs> <laughs> so he, you know, he's like a he's a merchant prince or whatever, you know. You know, I just didn't it. do the work. <laughs> That's why his work. name is Merrick, Captain Millennial. If you watch the episode and think about that, it changes the entire meaning. <laughs> that he took the down. clear and easy path. That brings okay. it down to you, Mark. It does. And I got I got to bring it all together. Uh, I got to bring it all together. So many great episodes that um, that give us all joy, um, joy and contentment. Um, Gratitude. But but yeah, but it won't be far point. It won't be Return of the Archons. Um, uh, you know, so many next generation episodes like Conspiracy that, you know, I just really enjoy. But but at the end of the day, I want to say it wraps it up so I can watch again and again. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the movie. Celebrate love. It celebrates Kirk. It celebrates music. It celebrates um, Shakespeare. Of course, I'm talking about the greatest Star Trek film. That's not a Star Trek film, and it may sound incredibly self indulgent, but I'm doing this for Rob's sake. Um, Free Enterprise, the great uh, motion picture uh, directed by uh, Rob. I don't Robinette. take any responsibility for this. <laughs> but you know, if I'm going to bring something that celebrates Star Trek, celebrates what's it was great her about Star idea. Trek, it was and her idea. It. it was Kay's idea. <laughs> Kay's idea. And and, and uh, she was there with us that day after a day of Laser Blazer when we were at Toys R Us 
says, you should really uh, make a movie about this. If it wasn't shit. for Kay, we would never have gone off on that Fakakta adventure. Well, that was, that was a great day of laser <laughs> shopping and eating and, and, and going to Toys R Us and, and uh, yeah, it was Kay inspired the whole thing with her. I think it was where we were looking at Prince Zizor at the time. It was actually, we were yeah. buying a Prince Zizor and that was when Kay had had, had it much like uh, certain people had with her earlier today and, uh, and had it with us and said, uh, you know, this is so nuts. You guys should just do a movie about this. But uh, was, that the same, was that the same trip where Rob was scolding a child? Yeah, it might have been. Like that's it might have been. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it was. Yeah. Roller goals is, roller I, is I only wanted movie. it to be better. Yeah, <laughs> wanted to be better. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. I know he was. He was. He was a. He was a, a blue meanie. But um. But anyway, but with the, love. Um, with love. With love. But free enterprise is a love letter to original Star Trek. Uh, I, 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 you know, it reminds me of, of of such wonderful memories. Um, not only of uh in the film, but of making the movie of uh, uh those days. You know, watching Bill Shatner um record the hip hop song with the rappers. You know, um, Mark, all of you, with the exception of. Ashley were involved in one shape or form. It's, it's practically a Dear John letter to Star Trek. So, <laughs> I, I, you don't think it's more like a penthouse forum letter? But, um, uh, well, it was but, for me. <laughs> okay. And on that note, <laughs> I want to thank you all for um, joining us for this supersized um, Star Trek uh, Desert Island Treks episode. A massive episode. What what fun this was, though. What fun this was, and what great picks from everybody. And I'm so thrilled that you could all join us. And there's something for everyone on this list. So if you absolutely get stranded with us, you're sure to find something that will tickle your fancy. Oh my! And I'm just glad, you know, Kay, that you didn't pick that Princess Bride episode because you know the other stuff. I understand why, you know, you might. <laughs> but oh my god! Um, anyway, that thing to me was Mark. Like, you think mask gets me upset? So, uh, <laughs> Mark, wouldn't it be interesting to hear what the viewers of or the listeners of this podcast what they would bring? Not really. Would it? No, <laughs> we don't care about that's it. You do because see, Rob, you you actually want people to pay you money, so you have to engage and you know ask these like, what do you think? We don't really care. No, they can stick <laughs> in the comments below. They don't have to. They don't have to pay me money. I don't put in the comments. I don't have to wait. Or better yet, we're good. I mean, they, they're gonna do it anyway, so we don't need yeah, to right. encourage. So we don't need to encourage them. No, like if you so okay. Well, Rob is curious about what you think. So if you want, go on the Twitter and the social and let us know what you would yeah. have on your desert island, trip. or just run Mark over with a uh, with scooter. a scooter. Oh, and, you know uh, what? Then tell him your favorite. Speaking of which, would, guess who's coming to Vegas? Scooter. Rafe Needleman with no all new trivia way. questions. That that's, should be on our list. Exciting. The Hell official Star Trek the, trivia yeah. manual should be on the uh, on the list of desert island. Uh, the Organian. Rafe Needleman. Needleman. Organian. He's going to stop a war. War between Rob and Kay. Um, <laughs> but I love Kay. Out using I've always loved Kay. Questions. <laughs> 30 but anyway, years. this was fun. And, and you know, um, yes, if, if you'd like to share your uh, your picks for the Desert Island uh, treks, please uh, follow us on uh, Inglorious Trek on Twitter, Inglorious Trek Sports on Instagram, and, of course, on Facebook as well. And until next week, a very special shout-out to Mark Rivera, Bill Ritter, Everybody at Electric for all their support. And uh, until next week, on behalf of Kay, Ashley, Rob, Darren, and myself, 
Keep on trekking. And gloriously, of course. Engage. This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.